This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It is the Monty Show presented by the Advocates, Utah Advocates. When you need an injury attorney, there's only one choice. We say it every day. It's the advocates. You never pay anything up front. You don't come out of your pocket for anything. They even defer your medical bills for you at the advocates, utahadvocates.com. Get online right now and chat with them for free. How was your weekend, Jake? I heard you were in Boise. Yeah, it was, you know. A lot of fun. Missed the show. It was great. You know. Is that true? You were in Boise. Yes. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about Boise. We'll talk about stupid drivers, and uh, we'll talk about angry women in Sugar House that Jake doesn't get along with. That'll be coming up on the show too. Neat. Are there a lot of those, Jake? No, not women really. you don't get along with in Sugar House. No. That's the first thing Jake said to me today. Wow, look at this girl in Sugar House. Wow. Yeah, well, she's all pissed off. We'll I'm trying to, to think other ways I can delay bringing up BYU football, but, you know. Uh, it's probably not, yeah. Probably no delay there. Uh, is it time to make changes on the BYU defense with Elisa Tuiaki, or is it not his fault? We'll talk BYU football coming up. But, Jake, I think uh, first and foremost, Utah absolutely dominating um, the college football world in this town, and and deservedly so. I think when you look at the way that uh, Utah went about their business and handled their business against USC, I don't think there's any doubt um, that Cam Rising and the Utah Utes absolutely captivated the college football world on Saturday. What a finish that was. What a performance by Cam Rising. You know, watching the second half of that game yesterday, uh, just going through it and through it and watching the plays and watching the heart with which Cam Rising played with in that second half. I don't know how you don't put this guy amongst the best quarterbacks in college football. And this is not one of those things where, oh, they beat USC. Oh, it's, you know, it's time to start bloviating. I feel like Cam Rising probably has gone under the radar far too long. Is this that signature moment for Cam Rising, Jake? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, the the clutch gene for those of us who watch Utah and have watched Utah in Cam's time, have like we know that Cam Rising is a, a really clutch player and somebody who who um, has never been, like, awestruck by the big moment, understands what needs to happen for them to win a football game in the second half when they're behind, understands when to run uh, to get into the end zone effectively, and also when not to run, which I also think is a really important thing for uh, quarterbacks at the pro level or at uh, the college level. Knowing when not to run and when to distribute and then knowing when to run is a huge thing. And I think that Cam Cam just gets it. And I think that, you know, we, like last year with the Rose Bowl appearance and how all that ended for him with the injury and having to leave that game. And then I see a game like this game against USC and I, I am on the bandwagon that says, yeah, like, you know, I look back to the Rose Bowl. If Cam had played, they'd probably win that game. I, I really do believe that. And I look at this game, and I say, USC's a hell of a football team. Um, you know, it was obviously a huge challenge. Uh, and frankly, I think, you know, uh, what, what are the Utes have 15th in the country, I think it is. Um, yeah. You know, to me, that's that. That, to me, is still disrespectful to this program. Like, I think that, 
you you beat what everyone was saying was a national championship contender in USC and still is. I mean, obviously, you know, just because you lose one game doesn't take you out of that conversation. But just the way that game went down and and obviously Dalton Kincaid having a huge night and, and, and you know, obviously losing Tavion in the middle of this game didn't help your chances. So I just, yeah, I do think it was a signature win. And I think it's, you know, precisely what this program needed to sort of, you know, launch them into the second half of their schedule. Yeah, I think that Cam Rising doesn't get nearly enough credit. That's what I think. And I think, yeah, absolutely. Dalton Kincaid had the game of his life. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Um, but what Cam Rising did, that two-point conversion, um, you know, the 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 gutty throws, the 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 accuracy, the athleticism, like, I, I mean, I can't say enough about the performance of Cam Rising. And, and again, I, I think Utah as a brand will always fly under the radar. I don't think anybody's surprised by that. I don't think that's shocking news. I don't think that's new. Um, and I think you're going to hear from Kyle Whittingham in a minute talking about NIL. But you know what? I, I think part of this is, is that Utah's not a place you go. If you're a five-star recruit, Utah's not a place that you're going to go. You know, if you're a hundred-star recruit, that's not a place you're going to go. But what Utah has done is they take, you know, three-star recruits and they make them, you know, top performers. And yes. and I, I think when you look at the wins that we've seen out of Utah, I think those are some of the biggest wins. Nobody knew who Cam Rising was. You know, nobody – I mean, arguably, there's a large swath of the college football world who still doesn't know who Cam Rising is. Yeah. But when you beat USC again and the place goes crazy and the fans are on the field – and it, you're wearing those helmets, honoring those guys. I mean, it just was a night that was predetermined. It was it was destiny. It was it was the manifestation of a lot of hopes and dreams right before our eyes. I I just think it's one of the great moments in recent Utah history. Yeah, and it feel it feels like you know several games last year were like this program, and, and I don't know. Whether you know we should attribute this to Kyle Whittingham or or if it is that Cam Rising is just special in this way as a quarterback with his ability to lead this team and, and make the plays that he makes, but but to me this this offensive group specifically just if, if I knew the answer we would have whoa Hello. my bad uh, just has this ability to to get it done. I mean that that's the best way that I can say it. I mean. Again, like whether it was the throws that Cam made, the 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 run that he had, like the plays that he made just took this team to where they needed to go. And and whether it like it could have looked really ugly, but if you still win the game, that's how you get it done. And and that's why yeah. I say like I just think that 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 this is the kind of thing that that Utah just has. And and I don't know if it's because it's built into their team or because it's a Kyle Whittingham led team. But they just have this ability to win this kind of game. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, I don't I think, know what you attribute it but to. But this is becoming their brand. I mean, you're having these moments more and more and more in it. And they now, I mean, the unfortunate part is you're going into your bye week, so you're going to get forgotten about a little bit. But on the 27th, when you roll out against Washington State, that's a huge moment in time. And I think it's good and bad that you're going into a bye if you're Utah because. I mean, I could see at Washington State as a major letdown game. I, absolutely, right. you could see that. I think it's less likely to happen, um, mainly now because you have that bye week, but that becomes a huge game. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just a massive football game. And it, especially if UCLA loses this weekend, um, that becomes a massive, massive football game because now I think 
Utah is in position to do everything that they set out to do to start the season. With this win, they've put themselves back in the conversation of, hey, we can play. We're one of the two best teams in the in the Pac-12. We can play for a Pac-12 championship. Everything that Utah wanted is right here in front of them, and they seem to find a way to do that year in and year out. And right. I, I just, I don't know how you explain it. I really don't. I, I mean, there's something in the water that Kyle Whittingham drinks at his house or something. I don't know. But yeah. that performance was, I mean, that was, and I, I don't know that we can overstate it. I yeah. mean, that performance was history. That performance was legacy creating. Um, it's one of the great wins of the Kyle Whittingham era. Like, And the Cam Rising era. I mean, I think that, you know, man. again, last year, if we, again, we can't forget what happened last year. Like, when you think about the the what is becoming the legend of Cam Rising, because I don't think that that's too much to say. Like, the, the, the way he's able to do this and win these kind of games, it is something special, and it is something that people are going to remember when he inevitably moves on, whether that is to the pro game or otherwise. But to me, like, I, I look at last year and I say, okay, Cam wasn't even the starting guy week one last year. We can't forget his path here. Like, this is somebody who came in when Quitter quarterback left and and took over this program, took him to the Rose Bowl. Now has battled through some adversity here. Like, let's not forget the Florida loss. And then, you know, you play four pretty good weeks, and then you lose to UCLA, and now you got to bounce back against a team that everybody said or, or, you know, everybody at least agreed on was a really damn good football team. So to me, I just think that the program has a lot of, uh, a, a lot of character, and I think that that's what allows them to edge out a team like USC. The This Utah team at Rice-Eccles at night just has the goods. And and, and I'm, I, I have to be honest, I'm really happy for them. I'm glad to see it. I'm glad that we get to sit here this morning and talk about a win over USC, especially with what we have to talk about with BYU and that whole situation. I'm just thrilled that that you know we we have something positive to talk about with this program right now. Well, I I just I I don't think you can say enough about about what Utah did and the character of that win and uh, man, I, I'm just dumbfounded. Let's get some of your thoughts on it because I I, I again think that it is um, this is one of those wins you'll never forget. This is one of those moments you'll never forget. Can I Johnson? Good morning. Says top of the morning, fellas. The Utes game was amazing. Kincaid was a beast. USC had no answer for Dalton Kincaid. Yeah, as you said, I mean, he is, he, you know, I think a lot of people thought the world stopped spinning. Um, you know, when Brand Keithy went down, I mean, that was a really tough loss. Dalton Kincaid, as we've been telling you, is a wonderfully talented tight end. I mean, to put up those kind of numbers, I, 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 well, man. I, I think the world did stop spinning for this offense against UCLA. I have to be honest. Like, if you'd had this kind of performance, if you had had this sort of, of you know, cohesiveness and 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 chemistry and game plan against uh, UCLA, I, I wonder what could have been, you know. And I, and I think that there's no question that that Brant Keithy was the heart of this offense. But you know, in sports, you know, whether this is cold blooded or not, injuries are are just an opportunity for another guy to step into his own, and and that's what this is turning into and 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 that's why I say I'm thrilled for for Dalton like it's a huge thing like you helped your team and you had the game of your life and likely the biggest game uh on your schedule this year like there's no better feeling than that yeah uh 234 yards receiving 
and a touchdown for Dalton Kincaid. I mean, yeah, just just clutch. I mean, huge numbers uh, for him. And I, I again, I think when you look at what this team has left in front of it, um, that those are those are some really big those are some really big games there. I mean, um, you look at Washington State. Um, that game's on the road. Then you come back for Arizona and Stanford. Uh, games you feel like you should win there. Um, and then, of course, you, you're looking at a situation with um, Oregon on the road, Autzen Stadium. Yeah. That game's coming up Saturday, November 19th. I mean, that is a massive, massive football game. Yeah. A massive football game. And, of course, and I know people call me crazy, you finish with the Colorado rivalry, Colorado's got awful. But that's that game uh, right around Thanksgiving that you, you wind up in Boulder and you take a terrible loss. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of work left to do. As, as good as you feel about that USC game, and as good as you feel about the fact that you, I mean, arguably you will be favored in every one of those games that you're looking at right there, and as you should be, as good as you feel about that, your work is not done. Your work is absolutely not done. Yeah. And I think you have a long way to go here. But again... You look at what's on the schedule this week. I, I don't know. I, I think the bye comes at a good time. You're going to get the opportunity, uh, in my opinion, to watch you know uh, somebody's championship aspirations die because, I, I don't know, is UCLA as good as we saw they, they that they were against the Utes? I mean, wow. they, they played well, right? I mean, they're 6-0. and They're 3-0 in conference. Dorian Thompson-Robinson is legitimately a Heisman Trophy candidate. But you look at the fact that they're at Oregon this week. Yeah. And you look at the fact that that Oregon's a six-point home favorite. That's right, T. A six-point home favorite. Yeah. That's some crazy – that's – Yeah, mean, I mean, I think the boys in Vegas are basically saying that, you know, Oregon and Bo Nix are a different team at home than they are on the road. And I think that that has, you know, proved to be true time and time again. And, you know, uh, um, I, I look at what – you know, Oregon's capable of doing the teams at home, and, and obviously we know what they did to BYU, and we've seen what they've done to some other teams, and, and it does make you wonder. But I, but I think the thing for UCLA is they have speed, man. They have speed at the right positions that can make your life yeah. really difficult. And I think, you know, it's it, it, it takes some cojones to bet oh, against goodness. Oregon at home, but I think if there was a team that's, you know, capable of winning that game, UCLA is definitely in that conversation. Yeah, we'll see. I, I don't know. I, I think that's an awfully difficult ask. I think this is going to come down to Oregon and U, uh, Utah. That's what this is going to come down to. In, in late November, Oregon and Utah at Autzen yeah. is going to be one of the biggest games of the well, year. Well, and I don't think I you mean, could ask for a better ending to a, a Pac-12 season in, in a sense. I mean, I know, you know, obviously there's another week and – you know, but as far as big games and games of consequence and, and what you, you as a football fan are looking for, I, I, I think, you know, Utah going on the road to Austin, likely playing for the Pac-12 championship in one way or another, you can't really ask for much better than that. And I, and I think that what's really interesting is that winning this SC game really just allows you to play, to play a, a game of consequence in Oregon and Austin instead of, you know, being like, all right, yeah, this is just a consolation game, you know, so that's what is really cool. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Um, Bo Nix is playing great football, and they're both coming off of a bye. Um, it's a huge game for the Utes. It is a huge game for the Utes. It, it, if you look at what's on the line there, I think you absolutely have to have – I think you want Oregon to win that game. 
You need you need UCLA to lose. I think you want Oregon to win that game because then you go to Autzen Stadium with everything in front of you there. And I think it is it is no coincidence in my mind anyway that that man that Utah Oregon it's always Utah Oregon. Yeah, it is. Whether it go it goes all the way back to what was that 2014 when Kalen Clay dropped that ball on the goal line and then like, they ran it all the way back for a touchdown and everyone was pissed I mean, about it. Yeah, it, it yeah. It's crazy. Dave Heath says, good morning, guys. How about them Utes and his BYU imploding? We'll talk about BYU coming up here in uh, just about 13 minutes at 6.30. Yeah, I mean, talk about two programs going in different directions <coughs> right now. Uh, Billy says, let's go Utes. As expected, the Dodgers let me down, as have the Wild. Well, look, front runner. Uh, you know, the dragon up north has been slayed. Yeah, pretty much. I don't I don't hate the Dodgers. I just hope they never win another game. Well, I think they're coming you know. to the end of their cycle of favor with sports fans. Like they were they were favored and they were in favor with sports fans because of the garbage can Astros thing. You know, and so yes. we all hated the Astros and you know, we, we all jumped on the Dave Roberts, you know, Justin Turner Dodgers bandwagon. And now, you know, all the clips of Dave Roberts going on the Dan Patrick show, and I think it I think it was April or March or whenever that was, saying that they're going to win the World Series and talking a load of junk. Uh, now he's eating his crow sandwich, and deservedly so, just the same way last year he got to celebrate and say, I told you so. So it is what it is. I will say they're one of the best sports franchises right now in all sports. They're in the conversation every single year, and it is shocking when they lose. So... It is. It is. By the way, uh, clutch, clutch performance last night uh, out of the New York Yankees. I mean, absolutely clutch. Garrett Cole yep. sends him back to the Bronx. Game five tonight against the uh, Cleveland Indians. I mean, you got to like the Indians bullpen. The Guardians. The, uh, I can't get it right. I, I can't. I've, I've, I've talked about this on the show before. <laughs> the Guardians is just not – that's not a name that I can the get on. I, I don't know how to – well, and I've kind of gotten over the the other the old name for the Washington football team. Like I've gotten over that. Commanders is fine. I cannot get over Guardians Indians. I cannot. Mm -hmm. It is just it's incredibly difficult. I don't know why. Uh, but the Guardians blew an opportunity to close out the Yankees. Garrett Cole was amazing. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out tonight. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to give the nod to the Guardians. Um, based on the bullpen situations, but we'll see. Uh, enough baseball because you guys are probably pissed we're talking anyway. Uh, Huey Reed says, good to see uh, Utah win a tough battle. Also, good to see you guys this morning. Huey, good to see you as well. Mike Chase, how the heck are you? Yes, the trip to Boise was good. Um, good, not great. Uh -huh. Good, not great. Obviously, it would have been nice to see the Grizzlies get a win. Yeah. They did not, <coughs> but it is what it is. By the way, nice... Uh, Shout out to the folks up at the Wasatch, uh, or the Wasatch, Weber County Ice Sheet. Yeah. Maybe I should go back to bed. Hey, guys. Uh, the Weber County Ice Sheet, good to see those guys uh, over the weekend. They did a great job on Saturday night uh, hosting the Utah Grizzlies. If you haven't been up to the Sheet in Ogden, you ought to go. Uh, I mean, the it Mustangs. Yeah, the Mustangs um, are a great hockey club to watch, and the, the place is, it's loud because it's small. But it's just big enough. Yep. And it, it is raucous. It is, yeah, it was a good place to watch a game. Gage Carter says uh, the Utah game was wild. Go Utes. I incredibly wild. It was 
I mean, just that two-point conversion alone, watching the fans stream onto the field, like, yeah, unbelievable. Just unbelievable. Uh, Jonathan Eaton says that Cam Rising guy is pretty good. Yay, so he can play a little football. How about that? Should we, dare I ask the question? No, don't. Don't. Does Cam Rising use baby powder in his jock? Wow. What? Wow. Well, what question do you think I was going to ask? Not that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cam Rising versus Jaron Hall. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Like, but who do you take? That's the question, I think. I think that's a huge question. Because I don't think the struggles of, of BYU are on Jaron's shoulders, and I think the wins at Utah are on Cam's shoulders. Yeah, but here's the problem for Jaron. The, the problem is is that if Utah had lost this game, we would be saying or having a conversation about how you know, Cam didn't get the job done and the offense didn't score enough and they didn't keep up. And like, you know, because they didn't keep up against UCLA, Cam turned it over several times. Like he didn't have a good game. They didn't play well. So to me, I mean, yeah, right here today. I mean, yeah, I think you have to go with Cam, but I think that, you know, this whole conversation, I think of, of character with the players in your program is coming to the forefront. I, I, I think that, you know, we'll get into the specifics with BYU, but at, over the last couple of weeks, for those of you who watch the show regularly, you know we've been talking about um, lack of discipline, lack of, ass, you know, assignments on football, lack of really just playing good football inside of this BYU program. And I look at this Utah program led by Cam Rising and Kyle Whittingham, and these guys are all on the same page. These guys uh, are, are very clear on, on what they got to do to win a ball game. And I feel like BYU is not in that place right now, you know? And, and that to me is what is so fascinating. You, you look at Utah and it's like, all right, defense first, you know, offense is struggling now that Brant's, you know, done and, and, you know, working on his knee and everything. Like where are they going to go from here? Tavion leaves this game. I think it was about halfway through or whatever it was, you know, and you're sitting here thinking, okay, this is going to be a big challenge. And one way or another, Utah comes out on top of the buzzer beater, you know? And so to me, I just, that to me is the conversation. Talent-wise, they're the same guy. They both can run. They both have great deep deep throwing ability. Like, they both have everything that you would want in a quarterback. They have it. But to me, Cam separates himself in these bigger moments, and he's able to, you know, go up to Oregon and not get schlacked. He's able to have SC at home and win a game. Like, that's what they're able to do. Yeah, I'm still taking Jaron Hall. Uh, I mean, just on raw athletic ability, raw ability to throw the football, I think Jaron's a better thrower of the football. I certainly think he throws a better deep ball. Um, I mean, I, I don't know how you don't give Cam Rising the edge on the run. Uh, I You know, certainly I, I think you would do that. But, boy, you want to talk about just – Pure quarterbacking. I'm taking Jaron Hall still to this day, and I I know that's crazy after the performance that Cam had. And she took offense. Yeah, well, I'm sure she would. But the point is, I'm still taking Jaron Hall. I think as a total package of a quarterback, I think, you know, I think Jaron Hall has shown himself, you know, quite well in adversity, and they've had a lot of it this year. The biggest thing that you don't hear about with Cam Rising is injuries, and Cam is a guy that plays physical football. Bigger build guy, it feels like. But, you know, if if Jaron is going to 
continue, and he looked healthy this week. I mean, there's no doubt about that. He threw the ball very well against Arkansas, but just total package. I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to take Cam, uh, Jaron Hall over Cam Rising. Okay, I know that's that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, all due respect. Yeah, I mean, four seventy five and. Five touchdowns for Cam this weekend, I know. I just struggle. I'm like, dumb, I get I, it. I can get down with the talent conversation. I mean, Jaron, yes, probably a better athlete overall than Cam, but I really struggle with with the the not winning conversation. Like, I, I struggle with, hey, in BYU's biggest games, they're getting their ass kicked. Like, there's no way around it. You gave up 52 points to Arkansas. Like, like that happened. <laughs> dude <laughs> i'm sorry i thought you said they gave up 52 points yes 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 like come on oh you know, I, I, that's not good so that's what i'm saying like i i i, I, I guess we're getting into it now i guess so uh, the because, biggest the yeah. biggest stories in sports presented by quick quack car wash um i can only tell you every single day on this show uh quick quack car wash is amazing i will be at quick quack car wash today uh because i have a lot of dead bug souls on my windshield and headlights <laughs> From the okay, I don't know what the cat has to do with it, uh, but the point is, um, I have a lot of dead bug bodies on my car, um, and we need to get that cleaned, and uh, a little vacuuming needs to happen. So, of course, I'm going to go to Quick Quack Car Wash because uh, the people are friendly. It's a fun ride, and uh, yeah. Anytime you go to Quick Quack, it's always enjoyable. Okay, guys, I'm going to tell you the secret to impressing my neighbors, the Wyatt co-workers, you name it. I just swing by Quick Quack. It seriously takes two minutes, and people can't stop, won't stop checking me out. Getting a clean car is definitely my best life hack. Kids are messy, camping's dirty, but my truck sure isn't. Hey, guys. That dude trips me out. Hey, guys. <laughs> I love that. Anyway. Point is, go to Quick Quack Car Wash. He's right. It takes two minutes. You get a great car wash. Uh, Quick Quack's great. I love him. Yeah. Uh, I don't love 52 points given up by this BYU defense. Um, And I think when you talk about the biggest stories in sports, I think there's only one um, right now on the negative side, and it's BYU. Uh, only because the Jazz haven't gotten blown out yet, but that's coming Fucking this week. Fucking A. Yeah. Uh, 644 total yards uh, given up by BYU's defense. I don't even know what you say about this. Um, you know, Elisa Tuiaki is in trouble. There, uh, There is no doubt about that. And there is, if you have not been paying attention, and I've asked several guys about this, and some have confirmed it, some have not. Um, one defensive player last night told me that there is absolutely a divide in um, philosophy on this defense. Um, I can tell you the players know that they have to perform better. Uh, again, I was told by a BYU defensive player last night that they recognize that um, this is about 80% their fault. And they feel like that they have missed tons of opportunities, um, you know, pointing directly to a sack that should have happened. Uh, to get off the field on third down. Um, and there, I think that is singularly the biggest issue that this BYU defense is is facing. Affects me. Play calling on third down and defensive execution by the player in the moment on third down is absolutely crippling this BYU football team. Not this BYU defense. The entire football team is living and dying on the inability of BYU's defenders to tackle 
to be in the right place, to be assignment sound. And what that means is, hey, I have a gap responsibility and I'm chilling in the C gap. I have to set this edge and make sure I don't give up the corner. The, you know, the corner. I don't let this guy turn the corner, but I'm going to twist into the B gap. It's assignment sound football that's hurting BYU right now and the lack thereof. It is missed tackles, missed sacks, trying to arm tackle guys instead of form tackle guys, driving through somebody's waistline. Like, that's not happening. And we can talk about injuries, but injuries are not an excuse. This is not Mountain West football anymore. You're you're preparing to take a huge step into the Big 12. And right now, the other thing you just got to call out here is you're just not talented enough. I think we've seen it the last two weeks. And if you go back to what we talked about before the Notre Dame game, what did I tell you? The biggest concern I have about beating Notre Dame in Arkansas is you don't have the caliber of athlete that Notre Dame and Arkansas have. And I think for two weeks in a row, we've seen BYU get out-athleted on the football field by football teams that, frankly, just have better players. Yeah, And yet they still were in position to win both of those games. Now, is that coaching or is that athlete? That's a problem with the athlete because you look at the way that BYU did not perform against Arkansas it's an embarrassing defensive performance. Is some of this on Elisa Tuiaki, the defensive coordinator at BYU? Absolutely. The play calling's dreadful. I thought one of the most shocking things that we saw from, from Kalani Sataki in the postgame, he's admitted now that over the last several years, he's taken over play calling from time to time. I don't I I could be wrong. I think that's the first time we've heard him say that. Right. That he's straight up taken over play calling in the last couple of years. And he while he's not currently calling plays, he said that was a that was absolutely a possibility. Right. Well, I can tell you right now, players expect him to take over the defense. And I think that's exactly what has to happen here. If we're going to call guys out, yeah. you know, Elisa Tuiaki is probably not the guy we should be calling out. We should be calling out Kalani Sataki. And I think you know, it's a it's a little taboo or against norms in this town to call out Kalani Sataki. Well, I can Is that tell, a real question? Well, I can tell you right now, Kalani Sataki's got to be a better head coach than he's been. Uh-huh. There's no doubt about that. And this defense, for everything that people want to put on Tuiaki, whose defense is this? Mm-hmm. It's Kalani Sataki's defense. And Kalani's got to be a better head coach and defensive coordinator than he's been. It's that simple. And... You know, all of this talk about nepotism and friendship and favoritism and what does all of that really mean? No, it means nothing. We can talk about people who retweeted tweets that were retweeted. All right, cool. Congratulations. Those retweeters aren't making tackles. They're not. And the thing that you have to understand here is if this program is going to eat itself from the inside out, you're not going to win football games as nobody's getting to where they want to get to. Right. The bottom line here is Kalani Sataki has let this football team down by not taking control of the defense and not being more of a heavy-handed coach on defense. Not being a play caller from Kalani Sataki is, is, is a failure in leadership by Kalani. And I, I don't think he, he would even disagree with me on that. He is a guy that is all about accountability. And he has not held his coaching staff to account for a lot of these issues. Kalani's got to be a better head coach. 
But I think come this offseason, if we're firing Ty Detmer, how are you not firing Elisa Tuiaki? Facts. With all due respect, I'm not saying to fire him now, but how are you not replacing Tuiaki in the offseason? That's right, T. I mean, I just don't think that it is an option. It, friends, not friends, I, I don't think it's an option to keep him on the staff because I think it is, it is, in my opinion, unfair to those players on defense who, who by some accounts, and again, I was specifically told by a BYU defensive player that a lot of the guys don't believe in Tuiaki anymore. That a lot of the players don't buy into the system anymore. <clears throat> and I think that's a huge problem. And I don't think that's singularly why you would replace Tuiaki as defensive coordinator. You would replace him because the system and the play calling have been not very good this season. You had expectations of a 10-win season, and now it's going to be almost impossible to get there. And I got news for you. Anybody that thinks this trip to Liberty is going to be a win and you can just kind of check it off the schedule as a dub is wrong. Yeah. Because Liberty is not the easiest place to go. Do you even know where Liberty is? Liberty is all the way across the country in Virginia, friends. That's a long trip. I think it's shocking that BYU is favorite. But, Jake, if they don't make changes defensively, I don't see how they win that game. Yeah. I mean, it just is what it is. And I, and I, and you knew that, you know, you knew that uh, the running game for Arkansas was going to be a problem for BYU. You knew that uh, the running game in the, in the, for Notre Dame was going to be a problem for BYU. And, and to me, you know, I, I don't even think it's because BYU doesn't have the guys to stop it. I think it's because the play call is incorrect. It is the wrong scheme. You have the wrong guys out there. You know, you're ask, you're essentially asking dime package players to play against a 235-pound running back who is shorter than them. So you're essentially saying, okay, guy who is, you know, 6'1", 180 pounds, super athletic, super fast guy. Go ahead and try and tackle dude who benches, you know, 400 pounds uh, and, you know, is way stronger than you. That's not going to happen. So to me, I yeah, I do think scheme is is the problem here and play calling is the problem. And and ultimately, as a defensive coordinator, you know, your, your number one priority is putting the right guys in the right position to make the right play. That's That's your job, you know. And obviously, you have responsibilities with developing guys and all the coaches, you know, all the position coaches under him. But but on game day, Tuiaki's job is to have a game plan ready that he can execute that puts the right guy in the right position. And it's not rocket science, right? Like Ben Bywater, no. Max Tooley should be right behind that line of scrimmage on first down every single time. They should be right there to stop the run. And yeah. I do agree. They have missed tackles. Their technique hasn't been good. And they straight up have said that, you know, they have, like, I feel like the players, like when Harris came on the show or, 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 you know, like when we've had guys on the show, like they have straight up said, Hey, like, yeah, we have to make better tackles. It, it's facts, man. Well, it, it, but it's also a little surprising to me that Max Tooley isn't in on every single down. Like that was surprising to me against Arkansas. There was a, and again, this the the ugly word of rotation raises its its ugly head at BYU. And I think one of the questions you have to ask now is, uh, is BYU is Kalani and his staff too nice? Why are we rotating guys? And I know we talk about this all the time. Max Tooley needs to be on the field for every single defensive play, in my opinion. Yeah, 
He's your best ball hawk. The guy has shown you a propensity to create turnovers with interceptions. He had a great strip the other day against Arkansas. I, I the the fundamental decision making on defense is what I question. That's on Kalani Sataki. That's not on Eli Satuiaki. I look at some of the decisions that the players make. That's on Eli Satuiaki. Not holding players accountable. That's on Eli Satuiaki. I, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind anyways that when you look at what the issues on this football team are, I think coaching has let these players down in a, in a lot of situations. But again, I think we tend to be too nice and not want to pick on the kids. Yeah. Don't you pick on those kids. Well, the kids got to make tackles because this ain't Pop Warner anymore. Mom's not paying for your, your league fee. So get your facts straight. You know what I'm saying? You're on scholarship. You're getting free built bars. It's time to kick ass. And if you can't kick ass, maybe you should go eat like trail mix or something. I tried to make like a, right. a built bar. Maybe you should go get some Papa Murphy's. You know, you know what I'm saying? PapaMurphy's.com and yeah. stuff. Uh, but I'm telling you right now, it's not good enough. It is not good enough to 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 be pointing fingers at coaches. And and, and again, no, not because I'm some important guy. I am. But, you know, talking to a BYU defensive player last night, I straight up asked him, hey, are you guys looking inward before you're pointing fingers at people? And he said, absolutely. Like, a, So the way it was described to me is there were player circles where, you know, guys got together and they were having real honest evaluations and real honest conversations. And, you know, today is going to be a very difficult day at BYU. It is film study day. It is meeting day. I think today is going to be a very difficult day and there are going to be some hard conversations. And I think, I think this Liberty game is must win. Not because you're trying to win 10 games or not because you're trying to be bowl eligible. I want to see the character of this football team. Yeah. I want to see what kind of medal do we have in the locker room? I'm going to say this again. Because offensively, you're fine. There's not an issue to be had offensively. You look at some of the numbers. Jaron goes for 356, three scores and a touchdown, runs for 23 more yards. I mean, you didn't run the football well enough, let's be honest. But when you're trailing, you're not going to be able to run well. But you look at the, you look at Cody Epps. I don't know how to break it to you, friends. Cody Epps is absolutely exploding as a superstar player on the college football scene. Hey, guys. And I, I can, I've only been an evangelist for Cody since the summer. And I'm telling you now that the kid can absolutely ball out. Him and Puka Nakua, that's your one too. Gunnar mm -hmm. Romney has largely been irrelevant in this offense this year because he, he simply hasn't been healthy. But you look at what, what Cody Epps is doing for this offense, it's nothing short of spectacular. But you look at some of the other numbers here, I mean, this really comes down to Nakua, Epps, and Hill. Those are your three guys that have, have established themselves. And I know that Isaac Rex had a touchdown. Isaac Rex has been a significant underperformer yeah. this year, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and I, I look at defensively, I, you're, you're seeing that there is a group of guys that make plays defensively, and then there are other guys who are just on the defense. But I look at some of these numbers. I look at Thule. Micah Harper, to me, has performed exceptionally well. Um, now, obviously, I say this without knowing Hey, is he is he where he's supposed to be when he's supposed to be there? To my eyes on on tape, it looks like he is. Mm -hmm. I look at I look at the way that Micah Harper performs. I I think he played quite well. I think Gabe Giuliani has been an invaluable performer on this team when he's been around the football. But I go up and down 
I go up and down this defensive roster without calling guys out. There are plays not being made in critical moments. Yeah. And guys like a Max Tooley. Max Tooley's going to mix miss tackles because he's he's around the football significantly more than most people are. I look at a guy like a Ben Bywater. He's going to miss tackles because he gets more opportunities than most guys get. But when you are an underclassman on this team and you are in position in the gap to make a play and you don't make that play, you're not going to get the same number of reps or the longer leash that guys like Tooley and Bywater get. Well, unless you're on BYU and they want to rotate everybody. Well, I mean, I, I, I there's, well, I, it, the frustrating part is I think that, that the lower half of this roster has not performed to the standard that we would expect. Right. And this, this team has become, the problems on this team are very clear. You're not talented enough, number one. I, I don't know if Christopher Brooks is that dude. I, I don't know. Right. I have no idea. Yeah, well, I think, you know, not being talented enough can largely be handicapped by good play calling. But when you're not talented and you have bad play calling, you're you're it's gonna show. Like yeah, it's I, going to show. I, I don't know what you I don't know what you do here. I just I just think that it at some point as we talk BYU football uh, here on the Monty Show, presented by Barbecue Pit Stop, bbqpitstop.com. Find them at any of their five Utah locations from Logan, Layton, Lehigh, St. George, and of course our good friends in Salt Lake City, uh, Murray. I, I, you know, I, you're just not talented enough. You need to recruit more. And the question is, and and it's interesting because Kyle Whittingham did an interview with Two Four Seven Sports this week. And talked a lot about the transfer portal. Is BYU utilizing the transfer portal enough? Mm-hmm. That's a big question. And BYU's got to find a way to use the transfer portal. They've got to find a way to build their depth. Because the bottom half of this depth chart, which is what defines your football team, by the way. Max Tooley is not what makes this defense great. Right. He's not. What makes this defense not great is the bottom half of the depth chart. It's your twos and threes not being good enough. Because I'll put this linebacker group, whether it's Peyton Wilger, who I will see what that injury looks like, but whether it's Wilger, Bywater, Tooley, and yeah. I think Max Tooley should be a safety in my opinion. That's just that's just me. But I look at the group of linebackers on this roster. I'll put that group of linebackers up with anybody in college football. They can freaking play. Yeah, and that's why the play calling is frustrating. That's why it's frustrating to be in this drop eight scheme so much because it doesn't put guys like Max Tooley in a in a in a real strong position to make the play that they need to make you know and and I think that uh I agree with you I I think Kalani should take over defensive play calling 100 percent like I would love to see against Liberty them roll out and be ultra aggressive on defense I would love to see you know uh just a completely different you know out of left field scheme where they are attacking constantly just get after people you know and and hey if they're able to you know, if they're able to throw it over the top before you can get to them, more power to them, you know. But I just can't believe that that with a uh, a defensive line, the caliber of their defensive line, you know, the athletes you have there, combined with, you know, as you were just saying, Max Tooley, Ben, uh, ben Bywater, like you have guys who can make plays. But so. how do you explain, and this is something I would ask specifically of Elisa Tuiaki, how do you explain that Tyler Batty's being asked to cover the flat? What sense does that make? That is something that was specifically the the ask of one of the things that was brought up to me was, hey, 
Guys are being asked to do things that are not in their skill set. And it's this disguise stuff. And it's funny because, you know, you look at Tyler Batty. He's done a very good job, specifically in the Notre Dame game, of getting into the backfield, being disruptive, you know, like battering Drew Pine at times. That was one of the best performances I think we've seen out of Tyler Batty. I don't understand the covers thing. Uh-huh. I, I Like, this guy is not Micah Parsons, the Dallas Cowboys' fine defensive end, who you can ask to rush the passer or drop into covers last night. Right. I, I Listen, I like Tyler Batty. He should not be covering guys. You know, I, I like... You know, I, I like Ben Bywater. We shouldn't be asking him to be a pass rusher. Right. That's a coverage linebacker. I I philosophically there are some things here that that don't line up. That's for sure. Football 50 in 5 minutes uh brought to you by our good friends at uh, Papa Murphy's Pizza. Uh let's get some of your comments in here on BYU. Um I mean there is just a lot of people commenting on this. Um a lot of Cam Rising versus Jaron Hall. Tanner Plummer says I have to give the edge to Cam over Jaron. I don't know. I Look, I understand that the the game was a bad loss. Cam Rising was spectacular for Utah, but in a bad loss, I think Jared Hall was actually pretty good. Pretty good quarterback. Uh, Boyd Lake says, Jared Hall has a better tool set than Cam. I would agree with that. I would absolutely agree with that. Um, you know, I just... I, I, I just think I, Jaron Hall's a fantastic quarterback. Yeah. I mean, he is he is very good. Uh, Elvin Goley says, I have to come praise the BYU program. Best fan base in college football. Everyone was nice. The crowd was loud and crazy. And the view from the stadium, wow, every uh, SEC team should do a home-and-home home there. I'm assuming you're an Arkansas fan. Yeah. But I could be wrong. You know. Tanner Plummer says, hey, guys. Hey, 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 guys. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you know, it is mm-hmm. what it is. Hey guys, uh, Boyd hey guys. Lake says uh, Arkansas uh, saw that uh, happening and went up tempo to keep our third string defense on the field. Absolutely, absolutely. Boyd Lake says nobody wins with a substitution substitution pattern like that. Well, I didn't understand the. There were two situations. I want to say twice. They did a wholesale swap. 11 guys off, 11 guys on. Yeah. What are you doing? What was the thought process there? I, I that was head scratching to me. Yeah, I just I I don't I I don't get I don't get it. I I don't understand that we've it's been since week 1 where they've been rotating and working through guys and like the story we were told in in the first couple of weeks was well, we're like with with Harris uh you know, on the right side of that line. Well, we're trying to see, you know, the five best guys that have chemistry on the offensive line and, and you know, what's the best solution and, and how can we do this or do that, right? That's what we were essentially gift-wrapped and told was was the story. Gift-wrapped. But last week, what did I say? Last week I said, okay, you're halfway through your season now. This is who you're becoming. You're, you're becoming. Well, that's true. You ro- did say that. Rotational, slow start team. That that's who you're becoming, and 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 it's frustrating because I don't I can't think of another football team off the top of my head that rotates their starters out as much as this team does. Eleven got in in. I know that you were you know you were you know neck deep in. I'm not even gonna say it. Fucking a. Yeah. The problem is you don't rotate eleven guys. Yeah. At one time, who does that? 
And it's not some cool sciencey thing. Well, look at us. We're uh, setting trends here in Provo <coughs> on BYU TV. <coughs> we're not doing, we're not setting trends. Yeah. You don't rotate 11 guys at one time. Yeah. You don't swap 11 guys. That's your entire team. That That's never going to work. So, I don't know. I think there's clearly, Elisa Tuiaki is a guy that has a lot of questions to answer. I think Kalani Sataki has far more to answer. And they won't be asked. I get it. I understand it. You're not going to, um, as a member of the media in this town, you're not going to press. You're not going to do that. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. You know, I mean, you work for you work for the church, essentially, if you're a major media member here. So you're not going to press BYU. I get Quiet. it. Quiet. I mean, the, the, you know, that's my point true. is, yeah. if it's not, tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, it's just true. But my yeah. point is, somebody's got to ask why you swapped all 11 guys. And when they say, well, you know, we were just trying to figure stuff out. Well, you're trying to fucking figure stuff out. Excuse my French. You're trying to figure stuff out against Arkansas? Like, what? I, you are? Congratulations. What? But that's what? bullshit. But figure stuff out against Wyoming. Figure stuff out against Utah State until they break your quarterback's back. Like, yeah. Figure stuff out against somebody else not named Arkansas or Notre Dame. Not an SEC P5 team, bro. I, Boyd, I think you're exactly right. You know. Uh, Tanner says, Monty, why are you such a Tuiaki apologist? How am I being a Tuiaki apologist? Yeah, what are you talking about, you, dude? What, We're what, sitting here tearing the guy about? down for good reason. You know. I, I don't know. Eric and Raleigh says the head coach is responsible for anything and everything that happens. True. Absolutely. I, I, I don't think that's incorrect. Tuiaki shouldn't be fired right now, but if the end of the season comes and nothing changes, he needs to go. Maybe. Maybe. Eric and Raleigh says flow bo- fl- uh, hello. A full-blown rebuilds are all the rage in Utah at the moment. Wow. No, you ain't wrong about that. Yeah. You ain't wrong about that. Yeah. Uh, Boyd Lake says, what recruit wants to play on this defense? Well, I, I don't, I don't necessarily believe that's the question. I think it's what recruit wants to play on this defense. Okay. But you're also a big 12 team now, and you're also on ESPN every week. And you're also like, there are reasons. Yeah. It, it, this isn't like, oh, I can't play there. Their defense sucks. Well, no. that yeah, that's not what we're talking about. Yeah. That's not the the main thing that I think kids are looking at. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says, take Liberty uh, over Liberty and ECU over BYU. Well, that's a conversation we're definitely going to have. I don't think there's any doubt about that, but we're also going to have football 50 right now. 10 of the hour, every hour on the Monty Show, presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Use the code MONTY25 at Papa Murphy's Pizza to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more. I had the Jacko Pizza the other night. Walked Jacko. in. Walked in. I told him, you take Satan's giblets off that pizza. And they did so because they know I'm a big deal at Papa Murphy's. Use the promo code MONTY25. Order ahead of time like I did the other night. Put it in through the app. I did it about noon. Walked in at 5 o'clock, boom, pizza sitting on the rack. Pick it up, walk out, take it home, done in 20 minutes. Bada boom, bada bing. What else is there to talk about? The Jacko pizza is kind of cool. It is really cool. It's actually shaped just like a pumpkin, and I love that. It's the exact same pizza, but it's freaking amazing. Uh, Make sure you get the Take and Bake chocolate chip cookie dough as well, by the way. Uh, I've delayed long enough without uh, stroking the ego, ego. Uh, of our good friend Tanner Plummer because the question has to be asked. <laughs> I would get choked up too. I mean, this is, you know, 
Are the Buffalo Bills the best team in the National? Football League. No, it's the Jets. The Jets went to Lambeau oh, Field. Please. I please. love how everybody was like, oh, Zachy Poo beat Aaron Rodgers. I think Zach Wilson had like a uh, hundred yards passing, I think. Oh, maybe a hundred yards, a uh, hundred ten yards. Yeah. Stop. Uh, I think the Buffalo Bills are by far, it's not close, the best team in the National Football League. And I I don't know how, I don't even know how it's arguable at this point, but they're winning Kansas City. Josh Allen becomes the only quarterback to beat Patty Ice at home twice. Patty. I mean, that is a huge win. I think he took firm control of the NFL MVP race last night. I think that win puts him on on a, a level that he had not seen before. And I think he darn well might be the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Yeah. I mean, I've been on the Josh Allen train even when, you know, it wasn't convenient or wasn't, you know, warranted. And I think I was there is, before yeah. anybody else yeah, was, was there. I was. I was, I was washing I was. my laundry on his abs. For once, I can uh, say I told you so. You know, right? I was so, petting his know. bowl haircut. Yeah. You know, and while he's jumping over dudes and doing his thing, I was sitting here like, yeah, I knew this was happening. I wish so. Josh Allen would jump over me. Yeah, you know. That'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was really cool. He went out of his way. I don't know if you – it's on my Twitter feed, The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show. Josh Allen went out of his way to meet a young Bills fan who was in Kansas City, gave him not only a football – but grabbed several cell phones. His mom, his dad took selfies with the kid, like let the kid touch his shoulder pads. Like it was unbelievable. Josh Allen is just the perfect guy. You want him banging your sister. You want him idolizing by your brother. That was probably too much. But my point is, my point, was that a Kawhi laugh under the music? My point is that I would absolutely... Tell Mrs. Monty the dongle is in the bag at the studio. And, you know, I just feel like it's one of those things where Josh Allen is just amazing. Yeah. No, I... I you like the way I did the... That was really good work by you. You know, your your scheme, you went away from the drop eight, and you went right forward and hit the A-gap. Yeah, so you know, drop really eight, good, rush you know? three, and, you know, the dongle's at the studio yeah, already. The point is, The point is, uh, I think the Buffalo Bills are the best. Here's a question for you. Is there a good team in the NFC West? Because you look at the Niners, Rams, and Seahawks, they're all three and three. And the Arizona Cardinals are two and four because, well, they suck. But my point is, yeah. uh, I somehow, some way, the LA Rams are going to play for an NFC championship again. And it pretty much is because San Francisco and Jimmy Garoppolo got boat raced by Marcus Mariota and the freaking Oregon Ducks. <laughs> Known as the Atlanta Falcons. Like, how do you lose to the Atlanta Falcons? Yeah, it's... Uh, Marcus... His, I said Marcus Mariota beat the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. I have no idea. I have no idea how... I, I don't know. Yeah, it's inexcusable. And I think that, you know, this is what happens. Like, the to me, when I look at the NFC West, it's on the Cardinals. Like, you know, the, the 49ers, if we're going to be honest, have been dealing with injuries and different quarterbacks. And I know that Jimmy G's been there and everyone loves him or whatever. I get it. But, but the Cardinals are the real, you know, disappointment. I mean, if we're being yeah. honest, like, you know, nationally speaking, people thought they were going to be a Super Bowl contender. And I've never been a huge Kyler guy, but, you know, we're seeing how this is playing it's, out. It's verticality. Yeah, please. the little guy. Verticality. Oh, oh man. man. There's bots in the chat already? 
Unbelievable, bro. There, uh, like, usually that's an 8 o'clock hour sex machine thing. Right. There's bots in the chat already? Yeah. I they're, mean. They're here for the smoke this morning, you know? Apparently they are. And I had to go and handle that now. My God. Uh, did you hear what uh, Todd Bowles, the head coach of the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who used to be Tom Brady's team? Tommy. Tommy. Uh, Todd Bowles said, quote, guys are living off Super Bowl in fantasy land for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's not good. Is Tom Brady washed? Is it over? No. I think that... I don't think I don't think it's ever over when you have hit the ability he has mentally to read a defense. Like as a quarterback, I think when you have that ability, you can play basically as long as you want to. To me, what what's going on right now is that is that Tampa is just not executing as a team. You're not putting guys in the right place. And I think that like for the offense specifically, when the offensive line isn't doing its job and Tom's under pressure constantly and being put in positions he's not normally put in, I think that that's what's, you know, what what what's difficult. So to me, yeah, Todd Bowles is probably right on some level. Guys are probably just assuming that this is going to be a Super Bowl caliber team, and they can do whatever the hell they want. And that's not how the National Football League works. And frankly, I don't think that's how sports works. So I think he's spot on. Yeah, I, I think that the Tampa Bay Bucks are struggling. I think that's the bottom line. And I think when you look at, um, you know, you look at what what Tampa's doing. I think Tom Brady's got to be better. Uh, they do. The offensive line is terrible there, by yeah. the way. Yeah. So, let's see. Uh, Kenai Johnson says, Tom Brady said, I don't. I didn't leave my wife and kids to lose to Pittsburgh. Well, Did you see the F-bombs he was dropped? Like, losing his mind. I, I, I don't know, man. I, I think Tom's washed. I think it's over. I, I think it's honest to God. I think it's over. Jeremy Bolton says, well, whenever you say Zach Wilson or Jaron Hall, bots will show up. Well. Sex machines. Well. Exactly right. Kurt Meyer says, uh, Tanner, put the salt shaker away. Okay. Uh, Did at NY Monty fan just turn into Salty James Knight? Of course he did. Uh, NY Monty fan. He wow. changed his name. Wow. NY Monty fan. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Okay. Uh, NY Monty fan says, did Tanner just speak facts? Of course they are. Tanner says, I'm an Eagles fan, but the Bills are the best team in the NFL. Exactly right. Exactly. Look at all the bots in the chat Dude, today. what's like, up? Like, have we reached a new level of awesomeness? Is that is that what's going on here? I guess. I like, mean, it, it's pretty amazing how many, how many, like, bots are. It's 6.59 in the morning. Like, how are we, how are we getting this much? They're, they're, you ready? You ready? Yes, I'm ready. We turned on the show. Hey, see, we turned it on. Right. Turned it on. Everybody got turned on by the show. Yeah, so bots showed up, you know. Uh, Bills or Eagles? Bills. Oh, it's got to be Eagles. It's got to be Bills. And I know the Eagles are still undefeated, uh, as is Papa Murphy's Pizza. 911, what's your emergency? Something is in my house. I'm sorry, say again? I smell something delicious and I don't know what it is. Ma'am, ma'am, can you describe it for me? It smells like golden crust, freshly shredded cheese, and pepperoni. Ma'am. Ma'am, we've traced the smell, and it's coming from inside your oven. What do you mean? It's a Papa Murphy's Jacko pizza, and it's just $10. Ah, amazing. Papa Murphy's. 
I still love it. Yeah. I still, by the way, by the way, I failed you as a man. I have failed you as a man. I am. I, as we kick off hour number two of the Monty show, where have you been? We already did an hour. Where have you been? Are we clear on that? Um, Presented by the advocates, utahadvocates.com. I have failed you as a, as a, probably as a parent too, but I mean, that's pretty evident. I'm screwed. Uh, I opened up my Halloween candy yesterday and had a Snickers bar. We are the house in uh, South Jordan that gives away full candy bars. Okay, why why is that? Three minutes on this. Because why, why my, is that? my mom oppressed me as a child and would only let me have those stupid candy corn candies. Mm-hmm. And I always wanted to be that kid that walked up to the front door and got a full candy bar from Marge the neighbor. But Can instead, you measure it? I got an apple with bad things in it. And, you know. Right. Um, I just think it's cool to get full candy bars. And I believe in keeping kids innocent and in halloween costumes as long as you can like, yeah so i think it's fun to see stay all the in, kids stay and, in the you don't know what the irs phase of your life as long as possible our accountant get got us our taxes back Jeez, mm-hmm. louise uh but yeah i failed you as a father i uh i ate a snickers bar while you were uh doing whatever you were doing yesterday right that's an inside joke that we really probably shouldn't even bring up on right, the show. right um i ate a snickers bar yesterday and i gotta tell you whatever i don't like the single snicker bar packaging why i but well one i'm fat so i want two I different want more i want two different pieces like you know those can't you get a snickers bar and there's two pieces in the wrapper yeah that's how they should all be these jamokes at costco sold me snickers bars with just one bought the in and it you know it looks like a turd log but that's how not here that? it doesn't taste like a turd but it looks and it's one it's in the wrapper i need like two pieces I want it. That's why Twix is better than Snickers, because you can eat the caramel, not caramel, caramel. You're a douche. <laughs> I believe that's our vice president's name, Caramel Harris. Right. Um, we we were listening to video before. No, I'm not no, doing it. No, don't do it. Not doing it. No. Uh, anyway, the point is, the point is, caramel on top of a Snicks, Snickers bar is right. good. Caramel on top of a Twix bar is better. Yeah, caramel's really good. Shh. Why? I want better for Why do you see this is stupid Gabe Ledley with Lopes fan Gabe coming in here and being like, hey man, hey guys, uh, by the way, Gabe Ledley losing a ton of weight. Good on you, my friend. But he's like, hey guys, uh, I know hey guys. that you argue about hot dogs hey being sandwiches, but is cereal soup? Hey shut up. <laughs> you in, shut in the up. comments, is it caramel or caramel? No. Why would you say that? Keep it real. Why would you do that? <laughs> see, like you start trouble. Do not ask these people if it's caramel or caramel. <laughs> That's like asking if it's taco or taco. Yeah, more bots, huh? Yeah, more bots. I, I don't understand it. I, I really don't. Oh, God. And here we go. New York Monty fan, because, well, now you're my favorite listener, uh, says frozen Kit Kats are where it's at. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hullabilly. Um, oh, excuse me. Hullabilly says Kanye West 2024. Donnie, you're out of your element. He just bought Podium or some company. Parlor. Parlor, same thing. Uh, Alex should do very different things. Uh, Alex Chacon says, is this really what we're complaining about this morning? (laughs) Yes, it is. Yes, it is. (laughs) And it is caramel. It is not caramel. Those of us highly educated individuals, so I probably don't count in this conversation, know it's caramel. (laughs) This is all Caribbean or Caribbean. (laughs) Let's ask Johnny Depp. Right. Caribbean or Caribbean? Caribbean. 
<laughs> of course. Of course, that would Look be Look at Hall of Billy supporting you. Um, it's caramel. Thank you. Uh, San Diego State Aztec says, I got my tax return back over the weekend myself. I'm cool with the outcome. Well, you know. Uh, Tanner Plummer says, death taxes, Monty finding new things to complain about. I don't complain. <laughs> I mean, if you had a daughter like I do, you would complain. Who the f*** is that guy? Uh, Jeremy, <laughs> Jerry Bolton says, as mayor, I declare that caramel is pronounced Carmel. No! Yes. Get yeah. the F out of here with caramel. Come on! Well. Are you kidding me? Kind of out of here with that. Come on. New York Monty fan says East Coast says caramel. West Coast says Carmel. Well. Okay. Carmel. I'm fat and eat fun-sized Snickers and Twix together before trick-or-treaters come. Gosh, <laughs> Snooka, my guy. My soulmate. Yes. I do. I will say. God. Those, those single bite-sized Twix bars. Mm -hmm. Fire and fury. Oh, my God. Yes. My God. By the way, I broke a tooth. at the, I was at the break yesterday. Oh, funny. See how that works? Yeah. Hey, how about that? Oh. Uh, so about a month ago, we were doing a video at Maverick Center. Mm -hmm. And you know, you get really thirsty and you're dry, your mouth is dried out and you don't have any water. So there was bazooka bubble gum just like spread all over this table. Right. Well, nobody told me it was like 10 years old. <laughs> so I chewed it and I... I, th I think I lifted a filling. Mm -hmm. So yesterday I go to the break and I'm eating a nacho chip. Mm -hmm. And you know how you bite down on a filling and it's... Mm -hmm. And you get hit with electricity. Are I, you out of your goddamn mind? I broke my tooth. It was terrible. It yeah, was, that's it, not great. It was terrible, yeah. actually. So, yeah, you know. Um, let's see. San Diego State says uh, Reese's Twix and Caramel. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, Tanner says, if you had a daughter, you wouldn't complain. Fair point, Mont. Okay, thank you. Wow. Appreciate that. Um, I say we impeach Mayor Bolton. Why would we impeach well, Mayor you Bolton? Got, you got to get votes, you know. Tanner is the executive producer of the show, or used to be. Right. Um, I believe we terminated his employment. Right. Uh, Hullabilly says, if you like Twix, you probably like the Blackhawks. Look, bro. We've actually, no. Y'all uh, want to play. I'm not getting into this. Oh, the Minnesota Wild. My old friend Channing Bow, former Utah Grizzly, uh, once a Grizzly, always a Grizzly. Frankly, it's in your heart now. Uh, anyway, the point is um, Channing Bow used to play for the Utah Grizzlies. He is a huge Minnesota Wild fan. Okay, so that's how it's going to be. So I've been down this road before, and I think we all understand the Wild are going to disappoint you at some point or another. I'm going to say this again. See, from where the Blackhawks are, we can only go up. Right. Right, so every time we win a game, it's it's you know we're playing with house money. Right, you know. Right. Um, gold and blue, dude. Said my team actually won, but I'm still going to complain about the refs. Are you ref? What? Who's the golden blue? I'm I'm interested. Is that supposed to be like a Michigan reference? I'm thinking or? it is. Um, how about Penn State? Oh, yeah, Coach Franklin, he's everybody's favorite candidate. Yeah, you can have him. Uh, Stephen Gilt says, let's call the whole thing off. No, let's not. Cam Harrison says, what's up, Golden Blue, dude? Uh, San Diego State says, Holabilly, go Sharks. Stop. <laughs> no. By the way, did anybody see what the Blackhawks did to the Sharks the other night? 
Uh, yeah, they the San Hawks Diego won. State fans probably not trying to talk about that. You're welcome. Eric and Raleigh says you broke a tooth, Mrs. Monty broke an eyeball. What's going to happen to Jake? I'm going to break his face today if he misses another deadline. Uh, Tanner says no. I'm still the executive producer. <laughs> Nothing, Jake. Yeah. Uh, NY Monty fan says I'm 100 for Mayor uh, Jeremy Bolton. We all are. We're How team. We're team Bolton. Four more years. Uh, Four more years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tanner, stop the steal on this Bolton thing. Yeah. Um, see, but anyway, Jeremy Sometimes, Bolton says, "Okay, yeah, maybe, maybe not." Uh, Tanner says, "Impeach me." That's it. As mayor, I declare you and you can't impeach me. And also, we talk third grade girls badminton talk over anything RSL. Yeah. Huh? Oh yeah. Hey guys, Damn. guys, guys, you gotta, Damn. you gotta talk about RSL Ray. Yeah. Ray. Yeah. Hey guys. That's Ray. Hey guys. Salt, hey guys. Like not real or, hey guys. or you know. Um, it's fake Salt hey Lake. Guys. Um, hey guys. Ray, Salt Lake. Uh, we're going to Austin, and we're we're doing Matthew McConaughey. Be damn, we're taking the dub. Wow, Dad. Wow. Anything to add on that, Tanner? Guys, guys, guys. Um. Hey guys. Anybody making a roadie to Austin to support the boys? Claret and Cobalt. That's fun. Wow. Uh, Boyd says, uh, Claret and Cobalt, uh, Michigan, the big house is back. It is. Um, Jack East by out of Houston, Sean Mirzinski says. Okay. I mean, I'm not sure what that means, but we can. Okay, yeah. Know. Uh, NY Monty fan says, I know you do. We're cut from the same cloth. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Eric and Raleigh says, college football playoff, Georgia, Tennessee, Clemson, Bama. Your thoughts? Nah, Alabama ain't that guy this year. All right, let's get into it. Uh, here on the Monty Show, presented by our good friends at The Advocates. We just wasted nine minutes of your life that you're never getting back. Um, the Advocates, utahadvocates.com. You could ask them if you could sue me, but you probably can't. Um, That's right, T. You can chat with them online for free right now. Tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. If you need an injury attorney, in all seriousness, they are the best in the business. I know several of our listeners have reached out. Um, it's a good experience when you, when you get in touch with the advocates, you can call them, but I would chat with them online. They have a great chat feature. They're good people to do business with. They're another local company that we have on the show. I've known Matt Triggs, um, and the guys at the advocates for over 10 years. They just do good business for good people. They help you get back on your feet after an injury. You don't pay them retainers or consultation fees. There are no consultation fees. There's no upfront fee. You don't pay the advocates until they win your case. Find them online at utahadvocates.com. Um, NY Monty fan says, who else loves seeing the volunteers take down Satan's Crimson Tide? Amazing. Well, well no, I, I saw a lot of that. About. It's what yeah. college football is about. I am stunned at how bad that Bama defense was. How many missed opportunities there were. And Look, I know Bryce Young's not healthy, and that takes a lot of your margin for error on defense away. You got to make plays. I mean, yep. it's, it's Alabama. You got to make plays. And Bryce Young driving that team down the field, putting them in position, and the defense just could never get that stop at that time to, to, make, that, to make that win possible for Alabama. I, I mean, I, I look at the AP Top 25 right now, and I'm curious what, what you guys think. I, I don't know who you, who you – I mean, Georgia has to be number one right now, but has Georgia really been tested this year? I mean, if you look at Oregon – um, you know, Sanford, South Carolina, Kent State, Missouri, Auburn, and Vandy. There's not a real test in there. Mm -hmm. And now they don't play until Florida on the 29th. That's not a real test in my opinion. 
right? I mean, their schedule is cake until November 5th um, when they host Tennessee. But they've got to go to Mississippi State, to Kentucky, and then close it, Georgia Tech. I don't, I still to this day do not believe Georgia is the best team in the country. Uh-huh. Are they the best defense? Unequivocally, I think they are. But I look at Georgia, Ohio State, Tennessee. I mean, I, I don't know how you don't look at Tennessee and say they're the best team in the country. I mean, they've done it week after week. Because I think they've done it for a small window week after week. I think that they're not, they don't have the, like what teams like Alabama and Georgia and, and Ohio State to a little bit lesser of an extent have is it's week after week. It's year after year where they're there. They are in the college football playoff every single year. So Tennessee, while I agree, they're playing damn good football this year. They're not going to get the benefit of the doubt. You're not going to get you know, well, that's like, true. You're not I, I don't disagree with that. Vote of confidence from the committee when when it's been what 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 are we in week eight now or whatever the hell it is? Like, I think this you is know, week sixteen. Week like fifty eight. Like you know, you're not going to get that that week head six nod or something. Yeah. So like to me, you're you're in that halfway point of the year, somewhere in that window where teams are really starting to define to define themselves. And I think if 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 they get to if Tennessee gets to eight and zero, let's say what what's so what's next for them? What do, what do they have coming well, up? I would point out that they beat a very good Pitt team. Mm-hmm. They beat Florida, LSU, and Alabama now. Yeah, so I it's mean no they have quality wins. Yeah, at UT Martin on the twenty second. So they're going to wreck them. But then it's Kentucky at home at George on on November fifth. Okay, so that's the game we've talked about that. Yeah, um, Missouri at South Carolina and then at Vanderbilt. Okay, so Georgia's the game. If, yeah. if, if you well, George, out, that game's going to decide the East. I yeah. don't think there's any doubt about yeah. that. Whoever wins that game's probably winning the East. Yeah. I mean, so. if Tennessee comes out and beats Georgia, then I think a number one ranking is totally uh, feasible. But I think you're not going to – I'm a big believer, and I would hope the committee you know, reflects this, that – you can't get the number one ranking until you beat the best team. And so to well, me, you know, that's just what it is. The team I'm interested in is Old Miss. I think what uh, Lane Train has going on. And... I'm sorry, did you say Lane Train? Yeah. Yeah. Fired on the tarmac, Lane Train. Uh, I think what they have going on, but you look at, they, I mean, their quality win is Kentucky, so they have Neat. one. I look at, at LSU, at A&M, home for Bama, at Arkansas, home for Mississippi State. We're gonna find out exactly who Old Miss is. Yeah, everything's in front of you. I mean, yeah. I, so I look. Bottom line is, I don't think we have any idea right now today who the best team in the country is. Tennessee should be the number one team in the country. No. And we in the um, ranking, you mean? In the ranking. Yeah, I don't know about all that. Yeah, I disagree well, like, with that. Based on what do you just based how? on based on year after year who's there? Based yeah, but what on, does that matter today? It, it does this matter. Is, but no, it this drives me crazy. Georgia hasn't played anybody. And we're going to sit here and say, well, I look at, you know, uh, Tennessee six years ago was terrible. Rocky Top and your mom. Like, uh, are you, who cares? Well, Georgia dispatched Oregon. Georgia thoroughly kicked Oregon's ass. Yeah, but you, you've got a Tennessee team that dismantled LSU 40 to 13. They just beat Bama 52 49. Now, you want to say that about Bama? Okay, I get that. Alabama's a nice win. It works both ways. Well, you know, they've got to have years of wins. Okay, well, Alabama does. I agree. And they just got beat by Tennessee. I agree. I mean, Tennessee football is back. What Josh Heupel's done there, so that's why they're you're back. Seeing, that's why you're seeing Tennessee is ranked ahead of Alabama. Like, that's reflected in the rankings. Tennessee, in my opinion, Tennessee has the best resume in the country right yeah, now. Yeah, that might be true, but they don't have the best. 
heritage. If next week, like, where where's Alabama's schedule? You got Alabama's schedule? Like, who's 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 Alabama got coming up? Because I, I you can't tell me you're telling me they don't have a get back game. Alabama has Utah State at Texas, Louisiana Monroe, okay, uh, Vandy, Arkansas, Texas A&M, and then they finally lose to Tennessee. Okay, at LSU, at Old Miss, Austin P and Auburn. Okay, they so. Have, so you have some comparables there, right? Because Tennessee didn't didn't we say Tennessee schlacked LSU? Right? They did. So you have some comparables there. So my point just is is that if you're on the committee and you're looking at this and you're saying, okay, Tennessee is six and zero now, and yep. they just beat Alabama, which most people would regard as the best team in the country or the second best team in the country, you know, depending on where you're at on Georgia. Okay, great. So Tennessee is now third in the country. I think it's a completely fair ranking. I think if Tennessee gets to, you know, 8-0, then I think they're the number one team in the country. But they have to go and do that. But I also point at Utah, knocking off USC. How are they only 15th? Yeah, well, I think that's super disrespectful. Well, I, well, but you, you got to beat UCLA. I yeah. mean, if you'd have beaten UCLA and USC, if you'd have turned that trick right there, you're probably top 10 right now. But how's SC 12th in the country and Utah's behind them? How's that work? Well... Uh, I, this is why I say again, you can't, the AP poll, the problem with the AP poll is, this is why, um, you have soccer writers voting for football polls and rankings. Like yeah. it, it, it's an incredibly flawed system. Who do you guys think is the number one team in the country? Uh, would love to get your comments. Uh, Kurt Meyer says big 10 hates the fact that they are not number one in the polls, but you, but again, I think that's a really good point. I look at Ohio state. Why is Ohio state number two? Like who is Ohio state beaten of any note? Ohio State beat Notre Dame 21 to 10. And yeah. Notre Dame wasn't that guy. We told you that, right? But they they just barely beat Notre Dame. They got garbage time points in that game to win 21 to 10. Uh -huh. Arkansas State, Toledo, Wisconsin, Rutgers, and Michigan State. Yeah. And I got news for you. They don't have a tough game until Michigan. Because Penn State, I'm telling you, is way overrated. So if you look at Iowa, Penn State, Northwestern, Indiana, Maryland, and then you're home. You don't even have to go to the big house this year. That game's at the shoe. Like Ohio State's going to be there because they're not. They don't play anybody. The Big Ten, in my opinion, is not. It's not that the Big Ten's not deep. It, their depth is not quality. Iowa's not good, right? Like I, 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 I look at Northwestern. Northwestern's not good. You look at the standings. You you have a team in. You have a team in in the West that. You don't have a single juggernaut in the West. There's not yeah. a good team in the West yeah. in the Big Ten. Illinois, and I love my, my Illini, but Illinois is not a quality football team. Yeah. You look at Illinois, Purdue, Nebraska, Minnesota, Iowa, Northwestern. How is how is P.J. Fleck 4-2? and two? Right? I, I, so I look at the Big Ten West. It's, it's a joke, right? So I go to the East, and it's Michigan, Ohio State, and that's it. Penn State, Maryland, Michigan State, Indiana, and Rutgers are all very average. Yeah, and so again, this is so this is why I keep coming back to this point. And I know it sucks, but they're they're like with Ohio State, there may not be a better example. You're putting them at number two in the country based off their prior couple of years resume. That's what you're doing because they don't have the quality win. They don't have like you're basically saying, Hey, we know year in and year out, Ohio State has great talent and, and Ryan Day's got a good program there. You know that, right? So you know if you put Ohio State against, let's say, Clemson, let's say Michigan, hell, let's even say Tennessee, that's probably going to be a tight game. But how is how is Michigan fourth? 
Yeah, but like Michigan's an example of a team that like, has played nobody. Yeah, Alabama should be fourth because they uh, played nobody. Clemson, who's Clemson played? Probably nobody. Cle right? Already crowned Clemson. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like a lot of these teams, Ohio State to a lesser extent, but still there is in that same grouping to me as Michigan and Clemson and some of these other teams that just haven't played anybody. And that's why I say I look at Utah and they're being penalized more heavily for their loss than some some of these other teams, and that's what's frustrating. Yeah, I think that's the way it goes. I think that's when you're in Utah's position, I think that's the plight of your program, frankly. Um, you know, but what does I, that, I think what does it that just mean, though, when is. you say you're in Utah's position? Like Utah is, doesn't get national run. And, yeah. and this is why I go back to – this is why I go back to, um, you know, the importance of, you know, like BYU getting into the Big 12 or Utah getting into the Big 12. Like you have to put yourself in a position to play quality opponents week in and week out. And everybody gets pissed when we talk about the SEC and, you know, the SEC gets too much deference and they have too much power. Well, because they're good. They're good. You look at what Old Miss is doing. You look at what a and doing. You bring up. The bottom of the of the SEC is coming up now. Yeah. What's happening in the Pac-12? Well, the Pac-12 solid, but is the bottom of the Pac-12 coming up? I don't think so. I mean, if, if you look at the Pac-12, the typical powerhouses are there. The one surprise is you UCLA this year. But like Oregon State, Washington State, the you know, the Arizona schools, like Cal, Stanford, the, like those teams are terrible. So when you look at what is ahead of us here. I mean, it, it's going to come down to that game in, in late November with, with Utah and Oregon. As it always does. And that you have to win that game because it's on national TV. Yeah. And you got wrecked by UCLA. So all of that to say Alabama's got more margin for error because there's a belief that if Alabama's in the game, you're going to get a huge TV rating, which is true. Yeah. But should Michigan get that same deference? I don't think they should. No. I don't think should Clemson get that same deference? I don't think they should. I think Clemson has had historically now, especially since Dabo's been there, they've had a great run, but a lot of that's built on a really crappy ACC. So, I don't look at I don't look at Clemson the same way I look at Alabama and I know that's probably wrong, but it is what it is, man. You know, like I yeah, I, I don't No, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't know. Steven Guild says Utah wins by a hair and suddenly they have delusions of grandeur. But this is exactly my point. But who did they beat? They beat USC. Is USC truly a national power? Are they truly a college football playoff contender right now? I think a lot of people are saying they are. But why are they saying that? Because it's Lincoln Riley. That's why they're saying that. And you you have a, a massive flip in that roster through the transfer portal, which I think absolutely handled correctly. But this is the problem with Utah versus USC. Kyle Whittingham does not embrace the transfer portal to the level that he should. I think I think that's the issue. And you you look at this NIL stuff here on the show presented by uh, the advocates, UtahAdvocates.com. You look at what Kyle Whittingham says about NIL and you start to realize Utah has real problems with NIL. Well, we got to ramp up our NIL stuff. I tell you right now, we're a little bit behind and, and uh, we've got to uh, make some progress in that area. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can get, uh, you know, get that going and get a little more resources. But, but, uh, right now it's, uh, it's going to be challenging. Thanks to our friends at 247 Sports who interviewed Kyle Whittingham last week leading up to the USC game. This continues a narrative. 
and and I, I, I know there are a lot of people who don't embrace this, but you better get on board. And this includes my friends at Utah. Yeah. You better get on board with the idea that if you're not going to flip at least 20, 30% of your roster through the transfer portal, you're not going to win a national championship. And it's not even that you're not going to win it. You're not going to compete for it. Yeah, you won't even be in the conversation. Because, yeah, you look at Lane Train at, at Old Miss. You look at Lincoln Riley at USC. Two of the best example of coaches who leverage the transfer portal and completely reform their roster inside of a year. Mm -hmm. You look at the Jackson Dart recruitment that, that we all saw go down. Where did he end up? Old Miss. Y'all feel me? Why did he end up there? Because Lane Train said, you're going to start if you come here. And now he's playing. Like, you look at these situations, and then you look at the fact that there's no NIL money at, at Utah right now. And tell me again that Utah's not in trouble in NIL. You just had the head coach, the guy that's been there 59 years, Kyle Whittingham, say, hey, we've got to do better at NIL. We've got to have more resources. You're damn right you do. Because... As much as we're talking about the, the the issues at BYU right now, BYU does not have an NIL problem. It's just the opposite. I think Utah could be far more aggressive in the transfer portal, but BYU could could use the transfer portal. Yeah. Like you've got to find a way to consistently leverage the portal in NIL. And when you have NIL money the way that BYU does, you need to far more leverage the transfer portal. Mm -hmm. And I, I, it, it's got to happen. But again, I sit here and I say, and here we are on October 17th, how are, how are we again in a position where Utah does not have NIL money? I, it, it, it is head scratching it's not a priority. That's, that's why. I mean, it's just not, it's not, it's I, not a I guess not. It's not something that... You know, and whether that's – I don't – I'm not going to sit here and claim to know, like, how the process works for NIL or what that process is going to look like for NIL at Utah. Like, I, I I know that that for some schools, like, it's just kind of put in the lap of the head coach and, hey, here's the resources you have to work with. Go and do your thing. Like, I don't know. It doesn't seem like Utah is that kind of program. It doesn't seem like Utah is going to do it that way. Um, And, and, and to me – NIL is this classic situation of you either get it and you're crushing it or you don't and you're not like that's what it is and so you know you're gonna get left behind I mean we've been saying this for probably the better part of a month now that Utah and specifically Kyle Whittingham are not big fans of the of the transfer portal and NIL that's right and they're certainly not leveraging it and they certainly to me don't know how they would go about leveraging it I, I think Kyle probably has an idea of like, all right, if I had this or that, I'd go after this kid or that kid. I, I you know, Whittingham obviously is smart and very, um, you know, very strategic with his resources. But to me, like, how long is Kyle Whittingham going to have to sit on an interview from 247 Sports talking about how they're not doing it? Well, NIL, it's not dude. even that interview. Like, He's talked about this multiple times yeah. now. And I, I I think you look at all the big programs and you look at the guys at the top of the standings. Those are all NIL powerhouses, with the exception of Alabama to a lesser extent. But they, I mean, they have a, a pretty good NIL pipeline there. But look at but look at Alabama as a perfect example. Even if NIL didn't exist, they'd still be getting the five star recruit. So yeah, now because you have kids that. want to play there. Yeah, so you have that dynamic plus NIL. There's no reason that that Nick Saban shouldn't be in the national championship game every year. Yep. Uh, let's get a couple more of your comments in here. Stephen Guild says Michigan just beat a top ten Penn State team to minimize what they did on Saturday is just idiotic. My point is: Is Penn State really a top ten team? Is Penn State somebody you're like, my God? You're trying to say they're a top ten team based on a ranking that's done by soccer writers. Like, let's have some perspective here. Penn State played Purdue, Ohio, 
Auburn, Mich- Central Michigan, Northwestern, and then ran into Michigan at the big house and got boat raced. So again, explain to me, why am I excited about Penn State? I, I don't know how anybody can argue that the Big Ten comes down to anything but Ohio State and Michigan. How? how? Those are by far, and this is why I, I think, again, I will punch you in the face. This is why I will punch you in the face. But this is why you have to eliminate divisions. I think the Pac-12 was very smart to eliminate divisions. I'm going to get an Illinois, probably Ohio State championship game. Who's excited about that? I want I want Michigan and Ohio State in the Big Ten championship. Yeah, You have to eliminate divisions. Like, are you really telling me you're impressed with, and I'm being serious, Steve, you're impressed with Penn State. I'm not impressed with Penn State at all. I I, I am not. It, it just, sorry, man, I, I don't see that. Uh, Jeremy Pagan says UCLA, Utah, Pac-12 championship. Would love to see a rematch of that. Yeah. I mean, my God, I'm a huge DTR guy. I, I think Dorian Thompson Robinson, the quarterback at UCLA, is should absolutely be in, in New York for the Heisman. I mean, unless he completely shuts down or, I mean, he has been nothing short of spectacular this year. Uh, Ed wins. Good morning to you, Ed. Good to see you. College football is like European soccer. SEC is like the English Premier League. It's the best and deepest. Sure, other conferences, leagues have some good teams, but the EPL, SEC consistently win more. I Yeah. There's no doubt about that. I, I think one of the reasons people hate the SEC so much is because they win. Yeah, of course. I, I mean... That's why I, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind. That's why um, they hate the see what you did now. That's why people hate the SEC. And there's no doubt in my mind that people hate the side hustle grind because you haven't find one found one that works. But that's why you go to TridayTrading.com. That's right, Monty. T. That's right, T. No matter where you are listening to the show, go to TridayTrading.com. Monty. Day trading is absolutely a platform where you can make money and you can scale out of your nine to five. If you are collecting a paycheck, that paycheck is the drug they give you to make you forget your dreams, your aspirations, your want-tos, your hopes. They give you that paycheck just so that maybe you can afford, maybe to go to Disneyland with the kids. Probably not, but maybe, right? Uh, Price of gasoline. You're worried about the price of gasoline. You're worried about the price of groceries. You're worried about making your mortgage. Stop. Stop doing that. Get to TridayTrading.com slash Monty. All I'm asking you to do is watch the free webinar. I'm not asking you to spend money. I'm not asking you to commit to anything. TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Watch the free webinar. That's all you have to do because trust me, when you watch that webinar and you hear from the people who are now day trading for a living, when you hear that there are tax strategies that accountants and the IRS are working with, because day trading is becoming such a significant source of income for so many Americans across this country that they are quitting their nine to fives, that they are not doing side hustles anymore, that they are using day trading to get to where they want to be. You'll change your mind. Trust me when I say this, the guys that try day trading are the best in the business and they're going to pass that knowledge along to you. They're not only going to teach you how to become a day trader, They're not only going to show you strategies and processes and systems to make you a prolific day trader. They're going to coach you once you're through their program. They're going to mentor you through the program and coach you once you're through the program. And the best part is your first trades when Triday Trading 
are with their money. You trade Triday Trading's money, not your own. And if you make money on their money, they're going to split the profit with you 50-50. Don't take my word for it. And I know that people are skeptical. Oh, they're paying you. Don't take my word for it. Take Alema Harrington's word. Alema Harrington here. You know, I've been in the broadcast business going on 30 years now. And after that amount of time, you start to be able to pick some winners. I want to share a winner that I'm aware of with you, and that is my guys at Tri-Day Trading. They're going to teach you how to trade, and then they're going to let you trade using their money and then split the profits with you. That's a pretty winning deal. If you want to register for a free webinar, all you have to do is go to trydaytrading.com slash Monty. So for more information, it's trydaytrading.com slash Monty. We'll see you there. Kind of a big deal. Bada boom, bada bing. Uh, knock it down. Trydaytrading.com slash Monty. Is college football healthy? I guess you, you look at, I think Utah is a very good example of this. The state of Utah. You look at that win for the Utes and the fans are on the field and Cam Rising's dominating and you look at all of the, the emotion and the history on that and the history that was made and the legacy that was written with that win over USC. And then you look at BYU and you look at the depth of despair in BYU fan and you look at the difficulty of that loss. In a state like Utah, college football is healthy. But in a state like... I don't know, Illinois, in a um, state like Indiana. Is college football healthy in your opinion? I mean, to a certain extent. I mean, you can't tell me if you're an Illini fan, you're not looking at the you know the rest of the Big Ten. But what about California? You know? Like, yeah, I mean, I think in California right now, yeah, specifically Southern California, football's looking real good right now. I, I think the problem is, is like in Northern California, football's not a priority. It's just not. Like, football's not a priority for Stanford. You know, football is not a priority for, I, I guess, Cal, if you want to use Cal as an example. Like, football is not Stanford. a priority, dude. Like, what about, like, Fresno State? What about, like, San Diego State? Like, San like, Diego think, State I just think, built a palace of yeah, a football like, stadium. Yeah, so for San Diego State, it is a priority, and that's what I'm saying. Southern California is in really good shape. You've got three programs down there that are really pushing to to be good because they understand what's on the line. And I, and I think that, you know, I, again, I just can't believe that, like, if you're a – if you're an Oregon fan or you live in Oregon, you're obviously plugged into college football. And I think that, you know, these these schools that want to say we're an institute of higher learning. Uh, neat. That's cool. Neat. Nobody cares. Like, do you win football games? Are you, you know, generating revenue? Like, uh, again, with all due respect, I don't care about Jimmy the doctor who went to Stanford. I just don't care. Like, I, we're talking about you know, Bryce Love all those years ago. We're talking about anybody making Stanford mean anything. Like, Washington State is fun because Washington State every single year has some big hotshot quarterback and a terrible offensive line. So what do we get? Dude running around, slinging the rock, and making making a hell of a game. That's why yeah. Washington State's fun. Well, look at what Lopes Van Gabe said. College football is dead in Arizona. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know. And, and it, it just, I think... I don't know that regional is the right word, but there, college football, I think you need to build quality. And I, I just don't know that you can do it. I, I look at that idiot Dave Hickey at, at Arizona. I laugh at you, Dave Hickey. You're a terrible athletic director. Your messaging's completely wrong. I look at, look at Lopes Van Gabe's a GCU guy, a Grand Canyon University guy. How does GCU have arguably better athletic department than Arizona and Arizona State? You know, how's that possible? 
Better facilities, no doubt about that. Yeah. Like, but how how it that's I think the problem. And, and the Pac twelve is probably a really good example. I just think there's real How is Arizona State better in hockey than in football? Yeah. How the hell does that happen? Absolutely true. Absolutely true. Like, I, I, it's unbelievable. How are you better in baseball than you are in football? Bad managers. Bad management. Uh, Ed, Ed uh, Kylie says, once college football gets out of uh, out from underneath the NCAA, thank you. You beat me to my next point. Um, the players can unionize and make a claim on TV money. If that happens, college football will simply be another pro league. The unionized thing, I think, is not the right way to go about this. I think NIL and leveraging NIL and leveraging the transfer portal, that's how you go around this. Don't you know who I am? The NCAA is largely a toothless body at this point. Yeah. I mean, even discipline or recruiting violations or yeah. largely a toothless body. But I do think the NCAA has to be eliminated. I think you have to have, you have to have some other mode of management of yeah. college sports because you cannot continue to take from the hands of the people that feed you. And that's what you're doing with these athletes. And, you know, the funny thing is guys like Deion Sanders are the ones wrecking college football because they're destroying the NCAA with the way that they do business. And when I say wrecking, I don't mean, oh, he's destroying it. He's destroying the NCAA. Deion Sanders is very good. Very, very good for college football. Yeah, It's guys like Kyle Whittingham that I want to see evolve a little bit. And I wonder at Utah, I wonder if Kyle Whittingham, because I don't get the idea he's the reason that Utah is struggling in NIL. Well, no, Kyle Whittingham's job is to win football games. So when a dynamic changes and NIL comes to the forefront, obviously, you know, if Witt had, you know, whether it's budget or resources or whatever yes. the hell he needs in his tool bag, obviously yes. he wants that. But I, I also agree that Kyle Whittingham doesn't like NIL. He doesn't like the transfer portal situation. And I still maintain that for a lot of college football coaches out there, the, their biggest problem with the transfer portal is it takes the hammer out of their hand. They can't say to a kid, hey, you're going to do it this way at this position at this time. Because you can't do what Urban Meyer used to yeah. do. You cannot put BYU logos in urinals and tell a kid, I'm going to yank your scholarship unless you dominate. Yeah. Those days are over because he'll be like, all right, well, I'll yank my scholarship and I'll head to Old Miss or I'll head to Alabama or yeah. I'll head to BYU or like those days are over. I totally agree with that. And I, I think that you have to evolve. And I think Kyle Whittingham is trying to evolve, and it just doesn't sound like he's getting the support he needs. I, I could be wrong about that. Dang Trojan says, stop acting uh, you guys are a poor little old Utah and start acting like defending Pac-12 champs. Wow. I don't know, um, I don't know what you mean by that. Um, but I think that, I mean, they just beat, they just beat, U.S. They just beat your dang Trojans. Like, yeah. how do you want them to act differently? I guess that'd be the question. Um, let's get into that game a little bit. Ten minutes from now, we'll do football 50, 10 in the hour, every hour. But there's no doubt that Utah 43, USC 42 is the biggest story in sports this morning. Presented by Quick Quack Car Wash. Quick Quack Car Wash in Utah, Arizona, and others. Um, I'm telling you guys right now that uh, Quick, Quack, Quick Quack is the best option. Uh, for your car wash business, there is there is simply no downside to Quick Quack. The people at Quick Quack. Hello? Donnie. Quick Quack. <laughs> I bit my tongue on that stupid broken tooth. Oh. I've got to get that fixed today. Yeah. Uh, Quick Quack Car Wash 
is your best option. The people are friendly. I love that it's priced right. I love that it's fast. I hate sitting in line at car washes where it takes an hour to get through. It quite literally takes five minutes, even when they're busy, to roll through their wash. I love that they have all the colors in the soap that I can boomerang on my phone. Quick quack car on wash. On my phone. On my phone. <laughs> Presents the biggest stories in sports every uh, every morning right here on the Monty Show. Um, I think you, this Utah game is huge. I mean, I, 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 Caleb Williams walking off the field in tears. That's where where reality smacks your expectations right in the face. And I think when you see USC so devastated by this loss, they had they had aspirations of going undefeated and being in the college football playoff. And I think that's largely gone by the boards now. I think it's going to be very difficult for USC to get to the college football playoff. And I think that this is what happens when you are rebuilding a program like Lincoln Riley's rebuilding and you so heavily leverage the transfer portal, Jake, I, I think your margin for error is very small. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, obviously. And I, and I think that, you know, the, the good news is, is for SC, they're just getting started. Like, from a program standpoint, I mean, it's only year one of Lincoln Riley, and you already had aspirations of going undefeated. You know, I mean, that's a pretty good sign. And I think that, yeah, it does mean a lot to both sides in this game. Like, I, I you know, Utah knows that USC was – by most people's standards, the favorite in this game. Utah knows that it's Caleb Williams and it's Die and it like you know yeah. you got all these guys who can really play, and you know Utah I'm sure takes a lot of pride in in having that underdog role and in and obviously beating teams that they're not favored to beat and 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 look I just think that you know again for everything Kyle Whittingham is not his team and the way he leads his team you know the clutch gene is alive and well the 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 moment never seems to be too big. Like, they're always prepared. And I think it ultimately, and, and again, I know it's the cliche, but it's just so true for Utah. Like, I watch this team week in and week out, and I always come back to the point that when they tackle well, they win most of those games. Like, literally, when they don't miss tackles, they often get off the field properly, and they put Cam in a position to go down and score. So, like, to me... I do believe that they're just as good as UCLA. I do believe that they didn't execute in that game. That's a team in UCLA that is going to make you pay the price if you miss tackles and you turn the football over, which is precisely what they did. So heading into, into USC, is it any surprise that Utah tackled well, that Utah didn't turn the football no, not over, at all. that like Utah did what Utah does? That's why I think they won this game because – they lost to UCLA heading into this game. They were in the right mental space to go out and play this USC team, and you see the result. And I know a lot of people want to say, oh, well, they barely beat USC. Well, well there was one point or 50 points, you won the game. And that, to me, is, is why Utah is where they're at right now. And it's unfortunate you lost to Florida because if you didn't, oh. you'd be in a different place. Well, I also think Cam probably made up for that interception at Florida with that performance against USC. I... I, I am of the belief that it's going to be very difficult for Utah or USC to win the conference. I, I think the, the road is long. You have got to be a UCLA fan this week um, and, and just realize that UCLA is in control of the conference. I mean, it, w without doubt. If they beat Oregon, I don't know how you wind up knocking off UCLA there. Yeah. And I think if you... You've got some very difficult road ahead of you. I mean, I think it's an interesting time for a buy for Utah. I don't know 
If a buy's a good thing, sure, because now you're not going to have a letdown game against Washington State, the immediate aftermath of USC. But now you're going to lose a little bit of that energy heading to, um, you know, heading to to Pullman to face a very game Washington State team. So I don't know this buy. This buy is very interesting, but I I look at I look at Cam Rising. You know, 475 yards and five touchdowns. Dalton Kincaid breaking every record possible with 234 yards. Um, you know, receiving. I I look at the way this defense performed, sacking Caleb Williams four times. Um, is is just phenomenal. And yeah. you look at the game that a guy like Cole Bishop had, um, absolutely pheno- phenomenal. I mean, yeah. Kareen Reed, I thought, played a, had a really nice bounce-back game after the UCLA game. Like, I, I mean, everything you want was in this game. And I know they gave up a lot of points, but defensively, I, I thought you got some really nice performances. But the story is Cam rising. What does this mean for Cam's legacy? I don't know. I mean, those things are are certainly subjective. Um, I mean, he's a Utah legend now. I mean, he he's won enough games and really games of consequence well, that you're not going to forget Cam Rising. If they had won the Rose Bowl, he could arguably be the most successful quarterback in the history of this program. Because if they had won the Rose Bowl and they come back and have a bounce back season this year, you know, and it will depend on where his draft stock is. It'll depend. I mean, there's a lot to play for here. If they if they go back, you know, and win the championship again, mm-hmm. if they end up in a, a New Year's Six Bowl, which I think is going to be very difficult, but if they somehow do that, like, I mean, Cam Rising could be the most successful quarterback in the history of Utah football. Yeah, I that's what I'm saying. Like, there's a lot to play for. But again, it, it's got to continue to be said, especially when you compare and contrast BYU and Utah right now. The 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 whole conversation around putting guys in the right spot at the right time is being executed wow. at a very high level. Speaking of which, how about former Ute and now former Indiana Hoosier Jack Tuttle is back in the transfer for- portal. Okay. Wow. Um, like I, I'm telling you, as a quarterback, if you transfer, that's very difficult. That is very difficult if you transfer. But anyway, my point is um, Cam Rising – I think he has everything that you could want to cement his legacy as an all-time great at Utah. Um, he has got to – they've got to run the table here. There's no doubt about that. I mean, any aspirations of, you know, winning winning hardware go out the window with another loss. Mm-hmm. But there's a loss on that UCLA schedule somewhere. It's yeah. Chip Kelly. There's a loss. Yeah. It's still going to be really tough for, for Utah to, to get there. U- USC needs to lose another game. Yeah. And I don't know that that's going to happen. Let's get some of your comments in here. Dang Trojan is getting into it with just about everybody. Okay. Just about everybody. Uh, Boyd Lake says, uh, a bye feels like a momentum killer for the Utes. Let's hope not. Kurt Meyer says, I'm just bummed about BYU. I still am happy for the Utes. Also, have hope for uh, Cougar Tail and the Jets. Well, Cougar Tail. Yes, yes, yes. Um, You know. It is what it is. Williams says um, Utes, uh, USC 42, Utes 43. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Dang Trojan says, I'm just trying to provide perspective to defending Pac-12 champs. What does that even mean, though? Ed Kiley says, Kincaid is straight up big league. Well, I mean, what Dalton Kincaid showed you is that there's life after Brankeithy. Unfortunately, there's life after Brankeithy. Yes, yes, yes. Because you just hate, you just hate seeing Brant out for the year, but Dalton Kincaid's a stud. 
in my mind. M. Morris says, USC was exposed by a decent Utah team. Trojans just aren't that great yet. Defensively, they struggle. Yeah. But we've talked about this. Yeah, it's no surprise. I mean, yeah, I mean, you were going to have to score more points than USC because USC's defense is, is mid-table. Their offense, I still think, is one of the best in the country. And we saw that. We saw that right here in Sac Lake City. Yeah. We saw that. There's there's no doubt about that. Um, you know, like it it's just yeah. Ken Williams says, I think Cam will be playing on Sundays. I don't know. Is Cam Rising an NFL guy? He's not an NFL starter, but I think he's a quality NFL backup for sure. But this goes back to the Cam versus Jaron thing. Yeah. Well, and again, I, I agree with you that Jaron is a better athlete than than Cam. I just think that Cam deserves a lot of respect and frankly a lot of credit and in my opinion the edge over Jaron because of where his where he's got his guys. Again, Cam you know has way less weapons than Jaron has and I think we can all agree on that, right? Like Cam's doing this, Cam put up 42 points against USC with essentially a tight end, half a running back and a guy in Devon Vele who's not proven. Well, like <laughs> I mean there's just no getting around that for me. And so when I look at Jaron, yeah, that's great that, you know, you put up whatever they put up, 30-something points, I think it was. That's neat. But you got boat raced. Boat like, raced. You, it wasn't close. Yes, you did. Like, you, 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 the other team scored 52 points, and you couldn't find your way yeah. to 40. And by the way, we have to figure out what the hell they're going to do for a kicker because I'm telling you, these kicking woes cannot continue. Like, Missing extra points in college football always comes back to haunt you. You know, I, I the punt go for it thing is interesting. I, I I don't think there's I don't think there's any doubt about that. I just think that. I mean, I, I like that they go for it. I just think you got to be careful with it. I mean, you got to do it at the right time let's go, in the right space on the field. Let's be honest. BYU's problem is is third down on defense. And coming up here in 10 minutes, we're going to talk about Elisa Tuiaki. And how much blame does Tuiaki deserve for BYU? I mean, I, I think it's significant. Yeah. But I don't think he's the one that you should be looking at. There is somebody else in that BYU pro program you should be staring dead in the eyes today and asking what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that coming up at 8 o'clock. But right now, as always, 10 of the hour, every hour, while you guys fight with, uh, with, with our Trojan fan, uh, Dang Trojan. When, well, you guys are fighting with Dang, Dang Trojan. Let's get you football at 50. 10 of the hour, every hour on the Monty Show. We bring you the biggest stories in football. On Monday, it's always the National Football League. I don't know why I say it like that, because I can. Papa Murphy's Pizza. Use the promo code MONTY25 for 25% off your purchase of $25 or more. At Papa Murphy's Pizza, the Buffalo MFing Bills. The Buffalo Bills are the best team in the NFL, and I don't know that there's even a conversation to be had. I don't yeah. know who number put, two would put be. My, put, put the picture of my guy, Josh Allen, jumping over dudes on the screen. I want my picture. Is that picture in here? Yes. Okay, there you go. Yeah. How about that Look one at my right guy. there? Look at my guy. Freaking Air Allen here, man. Come on. Air Allen. Yeah, come on. Air Allen. Yeah, look at, look at dude. Look at that. Is that a towel hanging Look down at, between yeah. his Oh, okay, Yeah, he good. needs some coverage there, you know? You know what I'm saying? Come on, dude. What do like, you mean your guy? I've been I've been saying Josh Allen's the best quarterback for how long? Oh, stop. 
stop it. How you long? Have, no, you have not. Yes, I have. No, you have not. You have been on the Baker Mayfield train. Now oh, Baker's stop. getting disrespected in Cleveland. Stop. They say he Juice did. Landry's worth a damn. He did. He did get disrespected in Cleveland. Now he's in Carolina. We're dominating. Go Panthers. We, Meow. I'm not on that team. I'm not the water boy. I am not on the Carolina Panthers bandwagon. Matt Rule can move his ass on. You're really disappointing people right now. I, I think we should stick this picture up here. Let's just leave that one up there. How about that? Yeah, that looks great. How about you? Does that get you excited yeah. there? That get your blood flowing? Yeah. Uh, Josh Allen is the best quarterback in the NFL. The Buffalo Bills are the best team in the National Football League. And, and again, I don't know who the number two team is, and I don't care. <laughs> that defense, along with Josh Allen's will and determination to win them games. Josh Allen now the only quarterback to go into Kansas City not once but twice and beat Patty Ice. Buffalo Bills are the best team in the NFL. Yeah, and every time that the Bills go to, uh, you know, go to Kansas City to play the Mahomies, you know, like you. The Mahomies. Yeah, the Mahomies. Um, you know, it's must-watch football. It just is. And I think that it, it really begs the question, like, when you can win on the road at that kind of pace, you know, what kind of position does that put you in? Because then you're, if you're doing that on the road, what do you do at home? You know, that's the question. I mean, you, you look at Buffalo is 5-1. and one. How they lost to the Dolph the Dolphins, I don't know. But their schedule, home for the Packers at the Jets, Vikings, Browns at home. By the way, by the way, I would just point out that my guy, Your and I, guy. I did say my guy, Kirk Cousins. Oh, Kirk Cousins, Cousins train. Has, those, has them Vikings, skull, has those Vikings five and one. By the no, way, Aaron Rodgers, best quarterback in the division. By the way, who's leading the uh, NFC North? Yeah, the North. We all know it's the Chicago Bears. The Chicago freaking Bears. They're not. But uh, Kirk Cousins is going to run into the uh, Buffalo Bills, Bills Mafia. The Bills. In three weeks. Yeah. Then we'll find out who Kirk Cousins is. The Vikings are 5-1, and one, and by the time they get there, I believe they'll be 7-1 and one because they have these should-fire Cliff Kingsburys yeah. uh, coming into town. Um, That's going to happen. After the their bye week. Yeah. So Vikings are on bye. Then they play at the Washington Commanders Good and job. then at the Buffalo Bills. They'll be 7-1 and one when they play that game against the Bills. Yeah. So go ahead again and tell me. No, my guy. My guy. Kirk Cousins can play this game at a very high level. Yeah, my guy. I'm the only one ever who has defended Kirk Cousins, so I'll just die on that hill. Yeah. I'm fine with that. But by the way, Justin Haybear. Yeah, the flowing locks. The mighty San Diegans of uh, Chargerville that play in L.A. at a stadium that's not theirs. Yeah. Uh, screw the Spanos family. Uh, the point is Justin Haybear <laughs> and the San Diego, L.A. Charger Bolt people uh, are on Monday Night Football tonight. Yep. You going to make it over no, there? No, not. Um. You broke my concentration by yawning. My point is, uh, the San Diegans from the Chargers are Charger on Monday Bill Night Football. Are on Monday Night Football. I love my Chargers tonight. Oh, now they're your Chargers. Yeah, they're four and a half point favorites over the yeah, Denver Broncos against they're, the Russell Wilsons. They're playing at the uh, Rams Stadium. Listen, you uh, you pay homage to Russ and the boys. Yeah, Russ and the boys. Quote: We need to get it going. When we turn it on, it'll be great. Well, I don't know when that's happening. Is Russell Wilson not as good as we thought he was in Seattle? I mean, if you're going to sit here and say that Tom's washed, Russell's it's washed. Tommy, please. Tommy. God, I just looked down and noticed all the spit that's on my microphone. The point is, wow. listen, 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 friends. 
Uh, I think Russell Wilson's wildly overrated. Wildly overrated. And overpaid. If he doesn't turn this around, he's going to get cut in in Denver. He is going to get cut in Denver. Uh, But my other question is, is there a good team in the NFC West, speaking of the Seahawks? Niners, Rams, Seahawks are all three and three. The Cardinals are two and four. How? Bro. I don't know. I, I and, and honestly, and all jokes aside, like this whole dynamic where everyone and their mom believes that Kyler Murray is way better than he is and Cliff Kingsbury is holding him back. What's going to happen when they fire Cliffy, bring in a new head coach, and Kyler is the same guy? Yeah, I don't know. They won't fire the general manager there ever, Drunky the Clown. I don't know why they won't. Yeah, uh, have another Schlitz. Ken Williams says, uh, Kurt Schlitz? Where did you, you, what do you know about Schlitz? Continue. Idiot. Uh, Kurt Cousins didn't win that game, Monty. The defense did in Dalvin Cook, LOL. Listen, Kurt Cousins was a quarterback of record. Kurt Cousins won the game. Monty was right. Kurt Cousins for president. That's all that I'm saying. Uh, Dalvin Cook was pretty good, but it was in Miami. That's Dalvin Cook's hometown. That's not where Kirk Cousins is from. <laughs> I'm just waving my hand for a fact when I say Kirk Cousins. It makes me feel important because we all know I'm not. Uh, Stephen Gilt says the NFL is so boring and woke. Okay. I don't know how a league can be woke. Uh, Hullabilly says Russell Wilson should be charged with highway robbery. Yay, yeah, shows up to the Bronco yeah. facility with a mask and a gun. What a prick. Yeah, his Brinks truck <laughs> is still Seattle green. It probably is. It probably is. Alex Chacon, let's ride Russ, also uh, is also Cheeks. Uh, okay. Okay, I don't know what that means. Uh, Watts211 says, I have better things to do on Sunday than watch NFL Vegas ball. It's all fixed. Okay. You really think the NFL is fixed? No. Come on, have no. you seen Justin Herbert's abs? Tommy. Tommy. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, why aren't we talking Taysom Hill leading all tight ends with 200-plus rushing yards? Because he's not a tight end. He's got a tight end, though. Uh, uh, okay, wow. Don't talk about his wife like that. My point is, listen, Taysom Hill's not a tight end. It's a freaking football machine. Yeah, the Taysomator. You know the tater tot. It's a great story. He's absolutely a great story. Uh, Dang Trojan says, if y'all don't win the pack this season, it's a failure. Okay, stay on that train. On to the next one. <laughs> and Morris, Seahawks were supposed to be tanking, but everyone is just too bad. It's exactly right. That's exactly right. Uh, San Diego State Aztec says, Kevin O'Connell, Vikings head coach and former San Diego State quarterback. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, Ooh, Kevin Porter got paid. Who cares? Uh, Let's see. Um, You know, NFL is entertainment, not football. Last time I checked, it was football. I I, I could be wrong. Yeah, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. You know, I think they play football, you know. Um, M. Morris says, Oregon beats UCLA, and we all see how good the pack is. Could be. Keith Carl says, uh, is John Elway kicking himself uh, for letting Kevin O'Connell get away? No, he's probably just eating more uh, apples and carrots like all horses Yeah, and figuring out how to fail upwards. Watson said, uh, Watch 211 says, NFL is a fictional TV series. Okay. I mean, is this a real thing? Like, do you really believe that the NFL is fixed, or are you just being that guy? Are you just being that guy who goes to, you know, Papa Murphy's Pizza and doesn't use the promo code Monty25 because he's just that guy? 911, what's your emergency? I smell something delicious, and I don't know what it is. Ma'am, 
We've traced the smell, and it's coming from inside your oven. Ah, amazing! Papa Murphy's. The Monty Show. Use the promo code MONTY25. <laughs> To get, I still think the whisper is the best part of that commercial. Papa Murphy's. It's a, like the marketing people at Papa Murphy's are amazing. One, because they decided to buy our show. But two, uh, because they come up with commercials like that. I love that. Absolutely love that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, make sure you use the promo code Monty25. By the way, somebody asked me about anchovies on Twitter this weekend. Stop. Nobody likes anchovies. Not, nobody is like... Well, uh, if I can get some small dead fish on my pizza, that's going to be a topper. Nobody says that. Nobody. Yeah. And and olives, nobody really likes olives. Do they really like olives? No. I don't think they Satan's do. Satan's giblets. Satan's giblets. Exactly right. Eight o'clock. Monty in the morning. Uh, every morning right here on YouTube. Uh, we appreciate all you guys being here. Thank you so much. We love talking football on Mondays. Um, obviously the NBA season tips off this week. Tomorrow we'll do a ton of NBA on the show. We will, um, hang the 2022, 2023, uh, championship banner in Brooklyn tomorrow morning, right here on the show. Mrs. Monty's having internet issues. Are you, are you sure? Who knew? Yeah. Did she find the dongle? Well, yeah. Okay. Well, okay. That's not a euphemism. First of all, second of all, um, she, she's, she's trying to get a password. So, ah. I'm working on a password. Sorry. Dadgummit. She's trying to get a password. Yeah, I got, and, and I got the launch codes. We're good. You're good to go. Yeah, we're good. Uh, anyway, um, I lost. Uh, what is wrong with my brain today? I lost my train of thought. Yeah, please don't put anchovies on pizza. I guess that's where I'll leave it. Everybody who breaks my balls for putting pineapple on pizza. Pineapple's pine like good. Yeah, pineapple's far more acceptable than anchovies. Is there real quick in the comments? Real quick in the comments. What are what is the one thing you'll never put on a pizza? No, Alec. God, Alex, Dude, is it Alex. is it poke the bear day for you, Alex? What do you mean olives are good? Nobody like, likes I'm olives. Medieval on your ass. Seriously, like my wife put olives on her. We went like, to the on. we went to the Harmons in Daybreak, the little Harmons store that's in Daybreak do you like over here. The, the mini no. like mini no. stores. It generally sucks. speaking, it sucks. Yeah, I don't. Same. I love Harmons. I will only shop at Harmons. The only good thing was. My Oikos triple uh, zero yogurt is 10 for 10 right now at Harvard. Fucking A. Which was amazing. But we had salad bar for dinner last night. Dude, talking with Raphael podcast, are you kidding me right now? Anchovies for sure? Oh, no. That's the one thing he will not put on pizza. Oh, okay. Will not okay. put okay. on pizza. All right. Uh, All right. Ken Williams says no green peppers either. Uh, A-OK says pineapple on pizza is okay. Good. See? See, now some normalcy yes. has been reinstilled. I can sit up straight and, and, and say with confidence that men with the testosterone put pineapple on pizza. Yeah. Raphael says, Raphael, talking with Raphael, Raphael podcast. podcast on PBS radio. Uh, uh, wow. <laughs> wow. What was that? It slipped, hey guys. It slipped hey guys. out. It slipped out. It slipped out. Bro, what, like, what What am I even... Do you see what I have to work with here? What? It happens. That's not Keep even carbonated. By the way, did you guys see that there was a study that came out that showed that carbonation um, is is largely responsible for most of the bloat in Americans? Because we drink so much soda that... It, yeah. Don't drink soda. 
Uh, M. Morris says um, olives. No. No, he, he won't put olives. Egg? You put, who puts egg on pizza, DeLambo? Are you kidding me? Nobody does that. Yeah, I want an over-easy egg on although, my cheese pizza. Although, yesterday at the break, I had a Philly cheesesteak. Which was bomb. And I put two scrambled eggs on top of it. It was amazing. Just because I can. Uh, let's see. Jeremy says, I'll never put Satan's poo, a.k.a. blue cheese, on pizza. Yeah. Ooh. Mm. Do yeah, people no, wait? Do people put blue cheese on pizza? Bro, what are you talking about, man? What the hell? Nobody does that. No. Uh, Stephen Gilt says no anchovies, also no onions. Ooh, I love mm, onions. Onions are good, dude. I love it. Uh, the G spot screaming amazing is the best part of the Papa Murphy spot. Okay. The G spot scream. I okay. Like that. Okay. Uh, Hullabilly says olives are the worst. Exactly right. Uh, Raphael reaffirms he will not put anchovies on, on a pizza. PBS radio. Exactly right. And San Diego State says no anchovies. Uh, Teddy says, morning, guys. Olives are good on pizza. Hell no to anchovies. Like, Teddy, you know. Teddy, someday <laughs> I'm going to convert you away from olives. Teddy, I'm doing Teddy, it. Teddy, you know, you and the boys build one studio and you think you can have whatever you want on a pizza. You know, come Look, on. Now you think you can plant olive trees all over the state? Oh, we yeah. built a studio. Let's plant olive trees. Ooh. With all due respect. Uh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it's Monday, and I didn't have a weekend. Oh, Matt Ritson God. says salami, mushroom, and tomatoes. That's Whoa. not a bad pizza. My uh, my old aunt, my old auntie Gilda, used to have. We go over to uh, my old Italian aunt, good old Niles, yeah, the Italians, Illinois. Niles, Illinois. That's right, T. Auntie Gilda used to always have fresh salami when we go to her house. Capicola, like. Mm. The stuff. I miss good Italian food. Uh, a couple more, and then we got to move on because we got to talk about BYU. M. Alvarez says eggs on breakfast pizza. Okay, what? so breakfast pizza is a thing now. Is it really? I've never had breakfast pizza. Couldn't tell you what it is. Isn't that just a breakfast burrito? Is that like sausage pizza with egg on it? Oh, that would be amazing. That would be. Uh, Carlin Lefevre says blue cheese is great on buffalo chicken pizza. Stop. Why? See, Stop. why? How do we ban Carlin? Yeah, come on. I'm going to get medieval on your ass. See, the thing about blue cheese is it's mold. You're eating mold, and it smells like butt. Like, no, dude, not blue cheese. Absolutely not. Yeah, no. Can't do it. NY Monty fans just, just going to say pineapple and ham, or if it in Massachusetts, Capicola. Yeah, Capicola. Money. Yeah. Cash. Cash, absolutely. Uh, last one on pizza. Breakfast pizza is pretty much a cinnamon pastry, in my opinion. Well, wow. cinnamon rolls are good. Cinnamon rolls are good. I haven't had a cinnamon roll in. I'm fat. I don't need cinnamon rolls. <laughs> let's let's be honest. If we're just being honest, I mean, I'm fat. You know, I mean, I I, I'm, I am I have lost some of my athleticism as I've aged. I mean, I'm still more athletic than anybody on the BYU defense. But, right, you, you yeah, know, you know. No, I'm not. Uh, BYU got curb stomped in the second half 52 35 <laughs> curb stomped in one of the ugliest sequences i think we've seen elisa tuiaki the defensive coordinator at byu mm -hmm. should shoulder a significant amount of the blame there's no doubt about that but if you this morning are pointing fingers at tuiaki and not at sataki you're making a mistake so get your facts straight kalani sataki would tell you this himself i would venture He's the head coach. It's his fault. The mistake that he's made, I think, came in some very interesting comments where he talked about the fact 
that, you know, hey, we're um, we're thinking about having me call plays again. So he essentially admitted in his press conference that he had called plays previously mm-hmm. in the last several years. And it came as kind of a surprising, I mean, the word is revelation. If Elisa Tuiaki is not your play caller, why is he your defensive coordinator? I think that's a really important question because when I look at this defense, the issue is not, is not that, you know, hey, bad plays are being called or is it an issue? Sure. That's not why your defense is bad. Mm-hmm. I think your defense is bad for a few reasons. One, you're putting players in a position and they're not performing. That's a huge part of the problem at BYU. Let's just be very honest. Is Elisa Tuiaki the best defensive coordinator in the world? He's nobody's favorite. But he's also not terrible at his job. There are a lot of situations where in the Arkansas game, you missed a critical third down sack opportunity because you just didn't tackle. Kid gets away, throws a first down. You can't have that. You got to tackle. It's been a problem all season long. You got to tackle. But the bottom line here is you can't swap 11 guys for 11 new guys and call that a cool, neat new substitution pattern. You can't do that. This thing where BYU wants to rotate players is crippling this football team. You can't rotate 11 guys out because I got news for you. If Bywater and Thule and Batty and most of these other guys, if Micah Harper and Gabe Julie Lolly are not on the field, lesser substitutions are. Because those are your best defenders. Everybody in this linebacker core needs to be on the field every snap. And when you take 11 guys off and put 11 guys on, they're not. That was not real bright, in my opinion. That's not good, smart football. There's a reason you rarely ever see that. The issue is you're not talented enough. You haven't recruited well enough. The issue is dropping eight and rushing three doesn't work. Asking Tyler Batty to drop into coverage is a recipe for disaster. He is a defensive end who gets to the quarterback, and we saw it against Notre Dame. The kid's capable. Why are we asking him to drop into coverage? That doesn't work, and frankly, it needs to stop. Put your guys, and here's your here's your argument with Elisa Tuiaki. Put your guys in the best position to succeed and then teach them to do their job. And also, this is where Max Tooley and Ben Bywater and all these other guys got to go and tackle the football. They didn't against Arkansas, and they, they paid to the tune of 52 points. We can sit here and we can fantasize and we can hope and we can pray that Elisa Tuiaki loses his job. But A, it's a bad look because he's not the even the biggest problem with this team. And B, you need to turn your attention from Tuiaki to Kalani Sataki because what he said in his post-game press conference to me was a little troubling mm-hmm. because that says you know you have a problem. If you have been calling plays over different periods of time, in your what, I guess this is his seventh year, if you've been calling plays for stretches of time when Elisa Tuiaki's been your defensive coordinator, why is he still your defensive coordinator? Yeah. Because what that tells me is you didn't you went through long stretches where you didn't believe he was doing a good job. Not once, but multiple times. 
So why is he still your defensive coordinator? That's the question I'd be asking. And again, nobody respects Kalani Sitake more than I do. He's a good man. He's a good football coach. He's the only guy that belongs at BYU. But he's got to do a better job. And I'm not telling you to fire Eli Tuiaki now. And I don't even know. Let's talk about it after the season. Because talking about it now is not the right way to go about it, in yep. my opinion. Yep. It's not. But Elisa Tuiaki, yeah, he deserves blame. But he doesn't deserve the most blame. Hell, I'd put him third. I'd put him third. Kalani Sitake deserves the most blame. The players are number two, and Elisa Tuiaki is third, in my opinion. Yeah. I, and I don't know that there's a great fix for guys not making plays. <laughs> I mean, yeah. what do you do about that? Uh, that? You're not coaching that out of a guy. Yeah, I... It was I was not thrilled to hear that you had, and I go back to the press conference last week with Kalani, and I think I still have it. Like if you look at if you listen to Kalani here talking about BYU football, you're not going to win a lot of games when you score only 20 points from last week, and you won't win a lot of games if you give up 52. So even with that being said, we had our moments, um, and then. I think uh, what's frustrating is um, losing the turnover battle because that's not our our identity. You know, we're focused on taking care of the football, and I, I didn't feel like we uh, obviously didn't do that well enough today. And, um, and so there's quite a few mistakes that I think were um, on the coaches and, and, and myself and then mistakes that I think players made. So, Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. You're not going to win a whole lot of games giving up 52 points, and he wasn't done talking. Trust me. We played some really tough teams, and and just uh, you know, just I felt like we still had some moments, especially in the second half. Uh, just couldn't generate enough momentum. Um, end of this, end of the first half was disappointing with the momentum there, and so just trying to find ways to uh, make sure that we play a lot better football game, and that that's from. Uh, all all uh, areas on the field now. <laughs> I mean, he's right. He's right, and I don't have the bite where he talks about the fact that he's called plays, but I'm telling you now, there is a divide in this football program, mm -hmm. and there is there are questions in, in amongst the players. I talked to an NFL, a uh, BYU defensive uh, guy last night who I would call an NFL prospect. And they very clearly have philosophical differences with their coaching staff. Yeah. And I think that's why you're seeing players making mistakes. And I don't believe that Elisa Tuiaki has the full confidence of these players. I do not. And I think that's a huge problem. Because if you do not believe in the call that's coming in the game, you're not going to enthusiastically chase it. Yeah. But again, if you're a player and you don't believe in that call, you probably shouldn't be a player. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter what you think. Your job is to do what you're told to do as a football player. If your job is to, again, fill the A-gap, go fill the A-gap. Argue about it on Monday and Tuesday. But on Saturday, go fill the A-gap. If your job is nickel, go be a good nickelback. Yeah. Argue about it on Monday and Tuesday. You know, If you're Tyler Batty and you're in a happy dropping into coverage, drop into coverage and do the very best that you can do and then argue about it on Monday and Tuesday. Mm -hmm. To me, that there's a, lot of, there's a lot of accountability that is lacking at BYU right now. Well, and, and as a player, I'm sure it's frustrating. Oh, it I has mean, to be. When you're put in positions that you, like, Batty, you know, obviously is a perfect example where you're being asked to cover the flat, and that's just not something that you should be asked to do with all due respect, and not because you suck or because, you know, you're a bad player or something. You, you just wouldn't ask, a, you know, you, you like, you wouldn't ask, 
you know, uh, a cornerback to tackle a running back in the A gap. You, you wouldn't ask a, you know, uh, you wouldn't ask Harris Lachance to run a go route up the seam. That's right. Like you would. That's not what those guys are supposed to be doing. And so that's where I like. You can kind of paint this picture now as you're as you're doing, obviously, where. You know, Kalani's got his thought. The players obviously have their thought. And then Tuiaki's calling the game a certain type of way. And not all three of those pillars are in the same direction. And so now it's like we get Kalani talking about calling plays. And, you know, then I then my mind immediately goes to, okay, well, let's say Kalani does start calling plays. You know, what then is the transition back to Tuiaki? Is there a transition back to Tuiaki? Is Tuiaki then just pushed into a role where he's more of a development guy? Because what, yeah. what is the point of Tuiaki sitting up there in the box if Kalani is just going to call plays from the sideline? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, let's see. AOK says, how could you not list defensive injuries as a factor for 2022 BYU? Because it's not a factor. The factor is you're not deep enough. You're not talented enough. Because everybody's injured. Everybody has injuries. And defensively, and specifically BYU and I talked about this last week, at what point do we stop talking about injuries every single year at BYU and start talking about a lack of depth? Yeah. Because that's what this is. You know, like, you're coming apart at the seams, theoretically, it feels like. Yeah. But I got to, you, you still got to go to Virginia and beat, beat Liberty. Do you, do you think that game's just going to take care of itself? Like, do you think, well, you know what? Malik Moore can't play. Uh, Arkansas, we're going to have to hold off on this game until Malik's hand is healthy. That's not how it works, yeah, man. Like, you got to keep playing. Injuries are not a factor. Everybody's got injuries. Everybody. Yeah. Look at Arkansas. K.J. Jefferson didn't play. And they lose games. He comes back, they beat BYU and score 52 points. Injuries are not a factor. You, you you either have a backup or two or you don't. Yeah. This defense, the thing that that comment fails to recognize about injuries, this defense is far, far talented enough to win this game. This yeah. was a game you should have won. Yeah. Like, injuries be damned. You should have probably beat Notre Dame. You But, oh, well, Jaron played. Why are we playing Jaron when he can't throw the football? Yep. You, you have A-Rod talking about the fact that he did not call pass plays because he wanted to protect Jaron Hall. Well, then Jaron shouldn't be in the game. Yeah. Plain and simple. That's what I'm saying. It's a, it's a, it's a philosophical thing. It's a mindset thing around the program. Like, like whether it's rotating guys off the right side of the line, uh, whether it's Jaron, whether it's drop eight, rush three, you know, whether it's not having enough talent, like the program itself. And, and this is where I agree with you. Like this would fall on Kalani. Like the program itself has to become more aggressive. It has to become more, you know, killer mentality type feel around the program because that's what the best programs in the country do. Like, you know, I, I know that Nick Saban talks a lot and does all these motivational speeches and stuff about like discipline and, you know, all the little things and all that. But, but the core of his success is that he doesn't have to worry like in a game against, you know, whoever, if he loses a guy, it's next man up because he's recruited and he's brought this talent in and, and he's been able to build this pipeline. Like if you think yeah. about it, Alabama just on the surface is a nobody program until Nick Saban shows up. Like people, 
I think people forget that because he's been there a long time now. Like, like that's how much power your head coach has. Yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a, it's a pipe dream here on the Monty Show presented by the Advocates Utah Advocates dot com. It's a pipe dream if you believe that somehow, some way, that that this is all just stuff that happened because of injuries. I, you're not paying attention. Yeah. You're not paying attention. You know, like it, it is. Yeah. M. Alvarez says the way I heard the comment was not the whole game. It was more like he overruled individual plays either way. I, I don't know. Yeah. I guess we can. I mean, either that. way, but, but I, I like whether you believe what, what, uh, what M. Alvarez is saying there, you agree with us, like either way, whatever angle it is, you're still saying that, that, that the play calling, whether it's for one play or 50 plays, is not correct. And that's why you wind up getting, I think, last week, not this, not Arkansas, but against Notre Dame, they only had, like, I, I think it was, like, you know, 20-something offensive plays or whatever the hell it's it amazing. was. Like, and how many times on defense did you have 10 men on the field? Yeah. Like, that's not, that is not a philosophical play calling thing. That's no. just a lack of rigidity and discipline on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Boyd Lake says this game was winnable, very much so. I agree. Pied Pyre says, shouldn't coaches be responsible um, for players' trouble on the field? Good coaches ensure their players aren't missing tackles or getting in bad position. To an extent, you yeah. have to teach them fundamentals. You have to grow their skill set. You have to make sure that physically they're ready to go and that they understand the system. You can only put them in, you can only put them into position to succeed. But when you week in and week out see players consistently missing tackles, and we've seen that with BYU pretty regularly, especially against Oregon, Notre Dame, and now Arkansas. Yeah. Your players just aren't good enough. At some point, you have to come around to this idea that the players are just not good enough. We watched Notre Dame and Arkansas just out-athlete BYU. Yeah. That's what happened. Like, Arkansas has faster, bigger, stronger players. But that's not why you lost. No. Just so we're clear. No, it's not. But it played a role. There's no, there is no yeah. doubt about that. Yeah. Uh, Holabilly says BYU has given up 20 point minimum every game this year. The defense is clearly an issue. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, in 17 or 18, the BYU D struggled, and Sataki once said he took over calling defensive plays. Yeah. There, there, there's just no doubt about that. There isn't. Uh, Boyd Lake says players need continuity to play while you can't be constantly rotating in and out and get it done. That makes it a lot more difficult, especially on a, on a, on things like the offensive line. And I just don't understand it. What's the need? It's not like Harris or Suamataia or any of these guys are nursing injuries that are significant enough to have to, you know, chop their load down. Like, like at some point you have to just say, okay, Yes, Harris is our starting right guard, and he's going to be in there for every offensive play. Like mom, mom isn't selling cookies to fund the football team. Yeah, it's BYU. It's a Jesus. massive football program. Men are made here, and and when you're and when when you go to somebody and you say, "Hey, X player, you are not good enough to start or play right now. You're not a rotational player. You need to improve." That makes or break guys. And in nine out of 10 cases, that guy's going to go work harder. But when you just say, hey, we want to see what you can do, we're going to, that's not how you win football games. That's not how you build programs. You, you, you just can't. Ken Williams says, there is the problem. You're not teaching the right fundamentals like tackling and never just rush three. You can't even get pressure on the QB. 
I, sure, is tackling fundamentals a problem? Maybe. I don't know why BYU players are missing tackles. I can tell you several situations they overran they overran the play. Yeah. But it, it, the, the thing that frustrates me about BYU's defense, the thing I see more than anything else, guys miss tackles because they take bad angles. That happens consistently on this defense. That could be a coachable issue. There's no question about that. You're taking the wrong angle, and you're you're completely either taking yourself out of the play or you're not in position to make the play. One of the two. Ang- angular football is hugely important yeah. because of the speed the game is played at now. And BYU routinely takes bad angles to the football. I I I, I think that is that is very simple. Holabilly says Bama, Mississippi State are the only teams to score more on Arkansas than BYU. BYU needs to figure out their defense. Everyone deals with injuries. Agreed. Everyone. Agreed. Everyone. Boyd Lake says there's not just a ton of coaches uh, of coaching moves in the flow of game. That leaves you scratching your head. They look like a clown show. Yeah, that's probably a little harsh. Yeah. But I agree with you that next man up, everyone deals with it. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And Morris says when your backfield isn't great, you have to get to the QB. Correct. Yeah. But I also think BYU secondary has been very good. I mean, they listen, you're not getting off the field. They, I think Arkansas was 12 of 15 on third down. Crazy. How are you 12 of 15 on third down? And then how are you that good on second down to get to third down? But you can't execute on third down. It's how? crazy. It's like, it dropping Tyler Batty in the coverage. He ain't helping and you then, on third and down. Then you get, and then you get Jaron dropping dime pieces to Puka on the sideline. Like, uh, you know, that that's what's frustrating because it may, it, it, in my head at least, it begs a question. What does this game look like if Jaron Hall has another 20 snaps to work with? What's that look like? You know? What if you just, what if you hold, and I know this is crazy. Right. It's rocket science. What if you hold him to just 50% on third down? Boo. What if you hold him just, what if, what if we say, hey, maybe seven. Seven out of 15 on third down. I mean, you probably win the game. That's right, T. You probably win the game. But the last three weeks, you've been terrible on third down. You just have not been able to get off the field. It's it, it's crazy. Chris P says, uh, every halftime Kalani does Tuiaki's job. Look at all the games BYU got trashed in the first half, then locked it down in the second, maybe. I mean, we're not in the room with him, but I mean, you could, it's but not it's hard not to like connect the dots. But it's not like you see this huge scheme change. It's not like in the first half, they're dropping eight, and then in the second half, they've got nine guys in the box and playing single high safety. Yeah, well, like, look at Holabitly's point on injuries, though. Utah... Has no Keithy yet. Nobody cares. Injuries are part of the game because they have Dalton Kincaid. And that's my point about that's kind of the point I was making with the Cam Jaron thing. Like, I love Jaron, but Cam has way less to work with. And I think part of Cam's success is the coaching staff. It can is you, the scheme. Can like, you imagine Puka Nakua, Cody Epps, you know, a Chase Roberts on that team with Utah? What would Cam Rising be if he had Cody Epps on his roster? Yeah. And Devon Vele was third choice. I mean, if you had Puka on the left, Cody in the slot, Devon Bailey on the right, are you serious? That's what I'm saying. Come on now. All you have to do at BYU defensively is give Jaron the ball a little bit more. And if you do that, you're going to win games. Yeah, I, I, you know what, I, I think things are very simple in life. You know, you, you want to improve, make better choices, like getting to TridayTrading.com slash Monty. That's a better choice that you can make, right? Stop fighting yourself. Stop doing this whole thing where you're like, well, you know, I mean, hey, listen, uh, well, uh, no more well us. Uh, 
hey, Christmas is coming. You know, like think to yourself, if you're one of those people who are like, how am I going to afford Christmas? You know, little Jimmy and little Sarah are going to get one gift each. Why are you putting yourself through that? Why are you struggling to pay your bills when it's just unnecessary? Go to trydaytrading.com slash Monty. Day trading is a great way to get out of your nine to five, make the money that you and your family deserve, and it can start today. And it doesn't cost you anything to get the process moving. Trydaytrading.com slash Monty. Watch the free webinar. My friends, I'm telling you now that when you look at Triday Trading and the success that they have had, it's not once or twice. Triday Trading, who's headquartered here in Lehigh, Ryan and the guys have been at Triday Trading for over a decade. And they have consistently on a regular basis put out successful day traders who now don't have 10 side hustles they're trying to do, who are at home at night when they're kids, who pick their kids up from school because they've transitioned from a nine to five. They work at home, they have their own small businesses, and they are making the money that they so richly deserve because you went through the Triday Trading Program, they mentored you, they coached you. You made your first trade not with your own money, but with Triday Trading's money. And when you made money on those first trades, they split the profit with you 50-50. That's how confident they are that they can make you a prolific day trader at trydaytrading.com slash Monty. And all I'm asking you to do is have a little bit of belief, have a little bit of faith that you too today can make a decision to change your life. Do it right now, trydaytrading.com slash Monty. All right, we're talking about uh, BYU and Arkansas. BYU loses 52 to 35. Uh, MY Monty fan says, let's just combine you of you and BYU both coaching and playing. We would have a powerhouse. You would. Yeah. You would. Industrial uh, Injection says Puka alone would be a huge upgrade. Can you imagine Puka Nakua's skill set? I don't know when this guy became such a prolific runner of the football. You just got to get the ball in his hands and good things happen. It's magic, dude. It's And I'm telling you, and I, I and listen. Listen, Cody Epps is a stud. And he had on, a, I think it was a $15,000 chain this weekend. Oh, he had his ice. He had his ice. It was amazing. That performance from him was nothing short of scintillating. You know. And we have all stressed so much about Gunnar Romney and his injury and his lack of time because of the injury. Don't stress anymore. Cody Epps is absolutely capable. Yeah, I'm still waiting for Chase Roberts to get back. I'm still waiting for Isaac Rex to be that guy. Cody Epps is that that's what guy. I'm you put up thirty something points with this lineup. <laughs> like uh, that's what I'm saying. It's just so frustrating. And I look mean, at shouldn't the be here. Look at the and for all the criticism we lobbed at Roderick last week. Look at the design. Look at the creativity. Look at the the the. There was very clearly diagnosis of the Arkansas defense. Yeah. There was very clearly an understanding what Arkansas's defense was trying to do to you offensively. And you just didn't get enough opportunities to make it happen. That's the thing that is so hard to comprehend is that you had the opportunity on multiple occasions if you're BYU. Yeah. You had the opportunity, but you couldn't get off the field on third down. Again, 12 of 15 on third down. BYU was 7 of 13. Brutal. 644 total yards Arkansas had, right? You, you, look at, you look at the fact that this team rushed for 277 yards on you. Yeah. 
threw for 367. They averaged 6.6 yards. Like it is, oh my goodness. That is incredible. That is incredible. And I, I just don't know how you reconcile the fact that you ran 71 plays. They ran 82. They ran 82 plays, man. They possessed the ball for 31 minutes. Again, two weeks in a row, teams running the football, beating you in time of possession. Like this stuff is not rocket science. And then you look at some of the individual performances you got on offense. You got 356 yards passing from Jaron Hall, three touchdowns and a pick. You only get 115 yards total rushing. You got a running back problem. You need to go, you need to fix that, but you get 141 yards and a score out of Puka Nakua. 125 yards and a score out of Cody Epps, nine catches and 125 yards. That is absolutely saying something when two guys pick up 266 yards receiving. Yeah. You know, like you're starting to see this clear line of delineation from Keanu Hill, Cody Epps, and Puka Nakua. Yeah. Gunnar Romney is no longer necessary for this team to win games unless he wants to go and play linebacker or safety. I mean, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. The way and I look at again, Micah Harper and, and Max Tooley, two names I told you to watch this week, absolutely had two huge games defensively. Yeah. And I I mean, it's just it's it's phenomenal to me that you're seeing those kind of performances out of out of BYU. Like it's just phenomenal. Yeah. And and that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why it's kind of a crying shame that the defense is where it's at, because I just you know, I, again, I, I look at the Notre Dame game, and obviously Jaron made that mistake early, and, and it seems like he did that because he was hurt. So that's a different conversation. But overall, I, I look at what, you know, Audric Estime did to this defense, and yeah, he did run on you, right? Rocket ran all well, over Raheem you. Raheem Sanders like, ran on you too. I all mean. over you, bro. And, and that's why I'm saying, and that's not a function. What's so frustrating is it's not a function of talent. You have the guys to stop. Guys like Raheem Sanders, you have those guys in your linebacking Man. room, but you're you're running this scheme that just doesn't allow them to do it. So I I know we're saying the same thing over and over again, but I would love to see just like for ten plays a game, put like nine guys, put four guys on on the D line, put three big boy linebackers out there and play man. Let's see what you can do. It's not hard. Yeah. You know what, Jacob DeLambo, you're exactly right. You're averaging almost a first down a snap if you're Arkansas. Cheese and rice. Like, yeah, are you dude. kidding me? That's what I'm saying. I mean, I just, I don't I don't know. Uh, Zayman says, maybe BYU is subbing to avoid starters from getting injured. Pathetic, but why else do it? I don't know. That whole 11 for 11 thing. Yeah, I don't get it. That doesn't work. Tom Basilius weighs in on BYU. He says, go Utes. Yeah. Pretty much. I, I mean, this, this... I, I, Tom, I mean, you say it tongue in cheek, but this performance out of Cam Rising is, is legendary. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I think it, it adds to his ledger. I think that Cam is quickly becoming one of the best youths to ever play there at quarterback. And I think that, 
you know, yeah, I agree with you. If he had won the Rose Bowl, we probably would be saying he is the best to ever do it at, at quarterback at Utah, but you didn't, and what happened happened. And so I think right now, yeah, you're you're clearly showing you're the guy that wins big games, and yeah. I love that. Yeah, and I think when you're watching big games, you, you uh, want to be doing that on a smoker with wings and pizza, don't you? And you can only do that at barbecue pit stop, bbqpitstop.com. I tell you every day on this show, Steve and all the other guys that are owners at Barbecue Pit Stop, great entrepreneurs. Um, I mean, we, we've been to all of the barbecue pit stop stores. Uh, you know, we've talked to all their guys, whether it's up in Logan, where they have a, a full butcher counter and a full-time butcher there. Um, it's a fantastic venue. I mean, you go to Lehigh and, you know, you get Clinton and Steve and, and I mean, the education you get at barbecue pit stops crazy. Yeah. It's one thing to say you can buy a Traeger smoker. If we're being honest, yeah. you can buy a Traeger smoker at a thousand Let's different tell the places. Stories. How'd we find barbecue? Right? Pit well, stops? we were at home Depot. If we're being totally honest with you and we were going to buy a, a smoker, a Traeger smoker. And Jake said, I can't support big box industry. I want to go local. I it, like, because we had been we had been to the barbecue pit stop in Murray several times. Yeah. And Jake's like, we can't do it. We cannot buy this here. We need to go to barbecue pit stop and spend our money locally. And we did that. And we walked in and we were going to get um a smaller Traeger. And the guy said, Hey, listen, man, the the, the Ironwood series, the eight eighty five is the one you want. Yeah, we were looking at I think we were looking at a six hundred series. I can't yeah. remember the exact name. And we were telling he was like, Well, what do you guys do? Like, how do you smoke? What kind of meat do you smoke? What do you want to make? We're like, well, you know, we're going to make a brisket this. We were having a party and we wanted to make a brisket. That's what really pushed us over the top to get a smoker. Yeah. So at the Murray store, the guy was like, well, you know what? I mean, this is a great smoker, but the Iron 885, that's the one that you want to cook a brisket on. And he's like, you, you, you can do your wings and you can do your brisket. And he was talking about Wi-Fi technology. Yeah. The cool thing is I can sit here right now if I wanted to and turn on my smoker through Bluetooth. I'm oh. Yeah, I'm oh, for real. Okay. I am yeah, for sorry. real. I'm for real. Thank you. Because um, they have Bluetooth technology. Like the Traeger is unparalleled, mm, right? Yeah. I mean, it is, in my opinion, if I'm buying a smoker, I, I, like the Timberline series, the the Ironwood series, like they just make great equipment. Yeah. The reason you buy it from a small business owner like Steve and the guys at Barbecue Pit Stop in Lehigh, Layton, Logan, St. George, Murray, is because you get customer service. You don't get somebody that doesn't know what they're talking about. You get a guy who's like, nah, you don't want this one. You want this one. And hey, well, you know, I'm making this brisket. You can get on barbecuepitstop.com right now and chat with them and say, hey, you know, I, I have a big party this weekend. I, I'm making this brisket. Do I need to wrap it? Hey, should I put it in a cooler and let it rest? Like how, what's the, like Clinton at, at Barbecue Pit Stop. We've been making wings for 10 years. Yeah. I mean, we're big wing guys. We make yeah. Jake's a flats guy. I don't eat flats because I'm I'm actually a red-blooded American male. Hey, you that, start talking shit. Yeah, that means I eat drums, right? Right, right. Anyway, here right. and there, blue cheese guy over here likes his flats. My right. point is, you know, we we said, hey, you know, we're we're having a party. We want to do this, and it just changes the way that you look at buying a smoker when you're able to say to somebody, hey, you know what, uh, Clinton, I, I we're making wings. He's like, well, how are you seasoning those wings? And I, we were like, well, we usually use, you know, Kinder Italian or salt and pepper. It's like, you got to try the Sasato seasoning. I'm like, yeah, I don't really like spicy. He's like, dude, trust me. You trust me? I was like, yeah, I trust you. So we whipped them up, put them in the bowl, like, and then laid them out. And I was like, we're we going to put these on? He's like, no, we're going to let these sit here for a minute. I'm for real. We got to let that seasoning get in, break down. The I think he literally said you have to penetrate the skin. That's exactly what he said. 
You got to let the seasoning break down the skin and more flavor, tender meat. Like they're the best wings I've ever had. Yeah. I walked in there for five minutes. He made the best wings I've ever had with the best seasoning for wings I've ever had with Asado season. Like it's just on an Ironwood. I I could go on for hours about the experience we've had at at barbecue pit stop. Don't take my word for it. Get on their website, bbqpitstop.com. Chat with them. Go in there. Say, hey, we heard about you on the Monty show. They rave about this Asado seasoning. They'll give it to you. Trust me. Everything you need, everything you want. Don't be intimidated by the smoking process. It is so easy. It is so, so easy at Barbecue Pit Stop and BarbecuePitStop.com. All right, football 50 in 10 minutes. Uh, But again, I think the biggest story in sports this morning, I I, I don't think there's any doubt it's a performance of Cam Rising against USC. This was was history in the making here. I mean, you look at Cam um, and you look at 475 total yards and five scores um, on the ground, through the air, everything you want without, you know, without Keithy, without a real breakout star receiver. And Devon Bailey I, I, is, is the guy that I, I would love to see more consistently. I just don't know that he's that guy. Yeah. I do know Dalton Kincaid is that guy. And he was that guy. And this win was one for the record books. This is that win over USC that you'll never forget where you were when you watched it. When you ran on the field. And you you celebrated. You're never going to forget that. Like, yeah. that's the magnitude of that win, Jake. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that I, I love this conversation about Cam Rising's ledger and 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 you know the wins that he has under his belt now. And 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 I also think it it, it says a lot about him that he's doing it without his best talent. You know, you look at you know Britton Covey's gone from last year. You know, you look at at obviously Brant and the knee injury, and you know you've got different guys. And and again. Tavion has not been Tavion from last year, you know? So that's what I'm saying. Like Cam is just absolutely shouldering the load this year. And I think that that he deserves a lot of credit for that. And that's why I say like, it's, it's, it's frustrating because I feel like BYU could be the same team that Utah is like, as far as, um, you know, being clutch and showing up for the big game, but it doesn't feel like within their group right now, they have that like it factor where they all kind of just, come together and they're like, Hey, we have yeah. to do this like to this level And that. And I'm not just talking about players. I'm, I'm I am talking about, you know, a rod and Tuiaki and even Kalani, like the, the coaching staff also has to come together and say, yes. yeah, we do have to come up with a scheme that works like scheme, like every week we do this drop eight rush three thing. And we're just getting shredded. At what point do you say, but yeah, see, that doesn't work? The difference is I think Morgan Scally gets the benefit of the doubt. Kyle Whittingham gets the benefit of the doubt. I don't believe that Elisa Tuiaki at BYU gets the benefit of the doubt because we've seen so much failure. Yeah. We've had so much disappointment on that defense. And again, I'm not the guy sitting here telling you to fire Tuiaki or it's all his fault. I'm not saying that in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. But what I'm telling you is at, at Utah, you can count on that defense. Mm-hmm. You can count on guys like Lander Barton being an absolute stud and getting drafted in the NFL. Clark Phillips, you know, they, like all of these guys, because they chose Utah because they wanted to play in the NFL. You get the benefit of the doubt. But as far as Cam Rising goes, this puts him in the conversation with the Alex Smiths, the Brian Johnsons, the, yeah. the, the creme de la creme of quarterbacks. And the creme is a little not down, you know. Right. But... For all of the issues Kyle Whittingham has had at the quarterback position, Cam Rising could arguably be the be the best one ever by the time it's done. Yeah. He's going to have to accomplish more now. He's going to have to get back to a Rose Bowl and win it. 
He's going to have to he's going to have to do something really special like that. But there's no doubt that when you look on the field and you compare Cam to Alex Smith, there's a real comparison, a real conversation to be had. Alex was just such a stud at Utah, but I think he's better than Brian Johnson was. Uh, it, you know, like especially when you're struggling in the kicking game and special teams. Mhm. That Cam continues to do what he does, going for two. Like uh, he just seems to be that guy. Yeah, that you want his hands on the football in the biggest moment. Yep, that's who yep. Cam Rising is. That's yep. that guy, and I think that's what pushes him above. You know, the Travis Wilsons of the world and the Tyler Huntleys of the world, like these quarterbacks that have come through and just let you down. Cam has never let you down. I mean, you took his job at Texas. He transferred. He comes to to Utah. You take his job from him. He perseveres. Quitter quarterback with a noodle arm goes to Liberty. Cam rises. Well, see what he did there. Rises and rising. Cam takes the bull by the horns, and he's never yes. looked back. Yeah. Took this team to a Rose Bowl. You know, has has two years in a row. This feels just like last year. I mean, it, it is it is really remarkable to me that. When you when you listen to Kyle Whittingham, I mean, you, I don't know how you don't get fired up. Here's Kyle Whittingham uh, talking about his club leading up to the USC game. This past game, it was more we got big played. You know, we missed we missed some key tackles. We we lost a few gaps, and uh, they made us pay. I mean, when you look at the statistics from this past game, they had uh, 500 yards but only 22 first downs. That tells you there's a lot of big plays going on and. And that's what did us in this past game was the big plays and and due to, like I said, missed tackles and a few blown assignments. I mean, he owns it. And that's a defensive guy owning it right there. Kyle Whittingham, thanks to our friends at 247 Sports. Like, I, you just love that. I, yeah. I, this is how Utah has gotten to where they are now. They're a nationally respected program. And it'll be interesting to see how this, how this great run goes because you got UCLA and Oregon this weekend – you're going to need UCLA to lose that game. Yeah, 100%. Um, I, I think because now you've got Oregon straight ahead of you here, and it, it's going to – you're going to need UCLA to lose a couple of games. It's going to be really tough, to be honest with you. But it's going to be fun to watch how this season goes. I mean, obviously, you're into a bye week here if you're the Utes. Then you had two Pullman to take on Washington State in what's always a very difficult game. Um, I, I think it's, it, it is going to be fascinating to see how exactly, what is that, a week from Thursday? Yeah. I think it's 8 o'clock next Thursday in Pullman. Right. How many times has a team gone to Pullman for a night game? Yeah. And had their championship aspirations die? That's it, Skippy. More than once. So it'll be interesting to see. Maybe this bye week into a Thursday is exactly how you want it to happen. Yeah, it's good to get the rest, I, I think. I mean, obviously, you know, at the beginning of the year, we talked about how, you know, Utah's bye was super far away and you know obviously they've gone through the schedule now a little bit but you look at that schedule on the screen and you know washington state i mean i i that's going to be a tough game to win but i think you win that game you know arizona and stanford i'd expect you to beat the hell out of both of those teams and then that oregon game you know oregon is i would guess if this all works out correctly that there's a decent to good chance that you're going to be playing for a pac-12 championship in that game a, 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 a spot to get in there so you know Obviously, the schedule is not perfectly easy, but no. I think there's a route. Yeah, I, I just, I, I'm so impressed with Cam Rising. His mental toughness is everything you hope for. Um, 
I mean, it, it's unbelievable. Tanner Plummer says, uh, I'm so proud of Utah. They deserve to win Saturday. They absolutely deserve to win. Absolutely. Provo uh, Cougar fan says, I noticed no show or podcast is having a BYUD lineman on their show. Yeah, I don't think that's a that's a surprise. I, I don't. Uh, NY Monty fan says, I was just thinking Alex Smith with a pretty solid quarterback. Very good. Yeah. Ve- very good. Very good. Hullabilly. That's what I'm saying, Monty. Cam is number two only to Alex Smith, better than Brian and everyone else. I think you could be onto something there. Yeah. Absolutely, you you could be onto something there. I think he's got a chance to pass Alex before it's all said and done. That's a hugely high bar. Alex Smith is in some rarefied air there. Yeah. Uh, Tom Basilius, Tyler Huntley's a great backup quarterback in the NFL. I think Cam is better than Huntley. Is Cam Rising ever a starter? Mm. I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, Tanner Plummer says, oh, man, if BYU loses to quitter quarterback at Liberty, the Cougar fan base will self-destruct. <laughs> that could be. I'll never say his name again. Yeah. Never. Um, Jacob DeLambo, LOL, Kyle always talks like they lost, always looking to improve. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, AOK, most underrated outstanding Utah QB, Mike McCoy, Gen X early 90s. And for a bit purpose, don't forget, Lee Groskup. I think it's Groskup, but I could be wrong. Man, those are some names. What about Scott Mitchell? Average radio host. Great, great color guy. <laughs> Where does he rank amongst Utah quarterbacks? Yeah. That's a question that I would have. I don't know, though. Uh, Tanner T. Ooh, another Tanner. Wow. Whoa. Looks like we got some competition. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Competition's in the chat. Tanner T says, as a Utah native, I have to say beating USC rivals beating BYU. Beating an undefeated USC team is even better. Go Utes. Oh, they're That's I, right, T. That that's a game of consequence. That was a massive win. Massive win. Ken Williams says Stanford beat Notre Dame. Yes, they did. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. There's no reason to bring that up. Yeah, Boyd Lake, exactly. No one remembers Scott Mitchell. Eh, but he all-time legend. Yeah. I don't know. Uh oh God. Tanner Plummer says this is a serious question. Guys, guys, guys. Do you think Cam Rising's better than Mark hey guys. Eaton? Is hey guys. Cam Rising a better center than Mark Eaton? Hey guys. Why do people think Cam Rising is better than Brian Johnson? Because Brian was a game manager. Period. He, he was not as dynamic. He's not nearly as dynamic as Cam has proven to be. Yeah. Uh, I Brian was a good quarterback. Cam Rising is an elite quarterback. Yeah. NY Monty fan. Winningham is an amazing coach. Kalani as well. Just need to tidy up the house a little bit. Yep. Tanner Plummer says another Tanner. Uh-oh. Double trouble. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. You, you two will not be teaming up. Hey, guys. You won't. Tanner T., I've written one comment and read one plumber comment. I'm the best tanner in this chat. Thank you. I, I mean, was there ever a doubt? Damn, he's he's going after the jugular here, was man. There, was there ever? I mean, who's the better tanner? Do, do we here? have a new tanner as executive producer right now? You know, I, I mean, mean, is that what we're doing right now? I mean, you know, I mean, can, we may have to get a vote going in the chat here. You know, who's the better are, are, tanner? Are we looking at Tanner T or Tricky T? You know, Kurt Meyer says the salty boys. Yeah. Uh, Ken Williams says, uh, Brian was a great quarterback. He was. He was very good. Uh, Riley O'Brien, good morning to you, my favorite RV uh, sales executive. Hey, Claw. You need an RV, you go see Riley O'Brien, yeah. friends. Go see him. What's up, Riley? Go Utes, he says. Absolutely. 
Uh, one more time today. It's time for Football 50. Did I catch you off guard there a little bit, Jake? No, I, I'm on time. I'm good. Jakey Poo. I'm good. Uh, Football 50 is presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. 10 of the hour, every hour on the Monty Show. It's Papa Murphy's Pizza. Uh, best team in the NFL. Well, if you're going to ask Tanner. Ah, it's a Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, Philly. Philly special. Ah, tricky team. Yeah. Um, I think it's Buffalo Bills. Has to be. It, it, it is the Buffalo Bills. The ability on to win on the road is what separates teams, you know, and, and, it, and it just feels like Buffalo is always dialed in and, you know, McDermott's got them going and in the right position. And I think that, you know, obviously I'm a big J- Josh Allen guy. I think the guy is just proven, you know, he can beat the best of the best at their place. And when you can do that, that basically changes the game. So I, I, I don't know how you dispute that Josh Allen and the Bills are the best team. Yep. Totally agree with that. Um, the Tennessee Titans are releasing wide receiver Josh Gordon from their practice squad. Surprised he didn't make it at all, Jake? Yeah, a little bit because the guy is super talented, but I don't know, man. He's had chance after chance. You know, he's gone through what he's gone through as far as suspensions. And, you know, obviously it's not hard to find a story and everything. I'm sure people know it. But, yeah, the guy is super talented, and it is a shame that he wasn't able to take advantage of that. Yeah, I agree. And, by the way, did you guys hear about um, – Jordan Poyer from the Bills. He'd had to drive from Orchard Park, New York to Kansas City over a thousand miles to play the game for the Bills yesterday because he has a collapsed lung and you can't fly with a collapsed lung. Now, this is going to be crazy. Yeah. You can't fly, but you can play in an NFL game with a collapsed lung? Apparently. Are you serious that he did this? It was a 15-hour car trip. And my man had to drive 15 hours because doctors were not comfortable with the air pressure that comes with flying. As he recovers from a collapsed lung, the bills arranged for Poyer and his family to travel to and from Kansas City in a van. In a van. The All-Pro Safety had four tackles in the game and played 100% of the defensive snaps. (laughs) He has a collapsed lung. They chop people's lungs off. (laughs) Are you serious with this? Dude. You drove 15 hours because you could not fly. The doctor said, no, 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 sir. We cannot have you fly. No, No boarding pass for you. Well, Avis is having a special on vans. I'm thinking about driving. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Get in the van, drive. Yeah, you can play in the game. You just can't fly there. Are you kidding me right now? Football hurts. Yeah. I I, I, I just ask again. Why would you let I your kid play football? I don't even know. Like, I can't even imagine the problems a collapsed lung, you know, presents. Like, that must be rough, dude. Uh, I I have no idea. Like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm I good. have no idea. Um, and finally, let's light the world on fire with the AP Top 25 college football poll. Yeah. Who's the best team in the country in college football? So the Bills in the NFL, I think we all agree. Yeah. Who's the best team in college football right now? I mean, I think you have to go with Georgia until Tennessee and Georgia match up. I mean, if Tennessee beats Georgia, then it's obvious who's the best team. But I think, you know, the problem is, you know, that Georgia hasn't played a big schedule. And, you know, like, there are doubts. I get it. I get it. The Tennessee Volunteers are the best team in the country. No, the Volunteers in that damn orange. 
Rocky Top. Uh, by the way, did you see the... <laughs> Speaking of driving a 1,000 miles to play a football game, Tennessee beats Alabama. Roll Tide. Their fans rush the field and take the goalposts out of Neyland Stadium and dump them in the Tennessee River. Apparently, those are not what? cheap. Those are not cheap. So Tennessee tweeted out a request for donations so they could buy new goalposts this week. After the fans dumped their their goalposts into the Tennessee River, I thought that was funny. Okay, is is it, maybe this is just me being naive? How the hell did you get a goalpost out of the stadium unchecked? They have large doors at stadiums. I don't know if you know. Yeah, that. but like, uh, like so you, you so think you a security guard? It you think a, yes? Have you never seen that? Bro, like, they can't stop it? God. Here we go. God, Here can you go. can you hear me? I feel like, God, you're ignoring me right now. How on earth? God, you son of a biscuit. Anyway. I, I, God? Okay, back to what you were doing. Okay, go ahead. Okay. God, can you hear me, sir? And listen, I love Jake. But why did you make him so stupid? He's never heard of teams tearing down goalposts. Yes, I've heard of that. That's the, You're missing the point. <laughs> I have heard of people tearing down goalposts. I've heard of that. I haven't heard of people then carrying that goalpost out to a river. God. God. Hey, I'm sorry, God. Can, <laughs> uh, this thing's clearly broken, God. I pray that you give Jake the opportunity to have his testicles drop from his abdomen you? at some point so that he understands that this regularly happens in college football and it is not new. They put goalposts in a river regularly? Come on. God, my Lord and Savior, if you could save me from this kind of pain um, and let Jake know that college kids know not what they do, but only that they drink heavily. I'll drop that motherfucker. Jake, this is not new. <laughs> Fans rip goalposts down. Are you okay? I know they so, do that look, all the time. That's not my point. It's the, Tennessee. It's the portion it's, about throwing guy, it in the Knoxville, river that I'm struggling with. It's Knoxville, Tennessee. Yeah, it's Knoxville. And Chuck, the security guard who had Schlitz malt liquor for breakfast. You and your mom are hillbillies. I'm going to guess that he's not going to get injured or and he's not going <laughs> to. What is he going to do? Pull his Ford Dooley F-750 pickup truck in there to try and block the goalposts because they'll take the pickup truck with it. Who's going to who's going to stop them from tearing out the goalposts? Oh, post? my God. They're dude. kids, man. Yeah. They're drunk. It's Tennessee. You have to be half out your mind anyways to be a volunteers fan. Volunteers. Volunte Go vowels. Like are you like what, yeah, not like vowels versus consonants. But anyway, the point is who's going to stop them? Yeah. 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 How do you not you know keep, this? You should just keep praying. I mean, that's, you know, God. Yeah. How do you not know this? The yeah. fans rip that stuff out all the time. Uh, Holabilly says the Tennessee River is right next to Neyland Stadium. Not surprising. Well, thanks for that. We thought it was like... Yeah, I thought they ran a 5K with it. <laughs> exactly right. Well, the turkey trot's coming up. I like the, the Dr. Pepper Fansville commercial where they win the game and they carry out the goalposts and they're in, in Jimmy's yard or whatever his hey, name Jimmy. is. Hey, Jimmy. And Brian Bosworth, the, the former linebacker, is the cop in the Dr. Pepper commercial. He's like, hey, you guys seen those things? 
Seen any goalposts around here? <laughs> Such a good commercial. Hey, guys. Uh, Ken Williams says, Jake wakes up every animal for miles with that muffler. Yeah, dude. You know. Uh, Tanner T says, probably Pat McAfee's fault for doing a backflip into the river during game day. Probably. Yeah. Are you a Pat Mac fan? Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. Eh. You're not. Yes, but no. It's not bringing me to college game day. That's what you're asking me. It's not. You hate college game day, though. I don't hate it. I just, I'm not. I just don't like it. I don't like, listen, listen, listen. As a fan of, of skeet shooting, um, I'm not watching college game day. Excuse me. I thought you said skeet shooting. I got, I, I was sitting there in the living room, like crafting these testicularly shaped clay pigeons. And game day came out, and I was like, hell no, Smith and Wesson time, I'm out. <laughs> and that was that. So don't even think about messing with me. And when I turned off the TV, and I made that choice to go shoot those clay testicles, Pat McAfee was on the screen, and it wasn't enough to keep me. So screw Pat Matt. Oh, cool punter, but can you shoot a clay pigeon, prick? <coughs> <coughs> Off the top of my head, I made that up. I did. Um, Provo Cougar fan says, Tennessee is short on dollars since they owe the BYU $2 million for not playing that game in Provo. I bet they wish they hadn't canceled that one. Yeah, I guess I'll have to figure something out. AOK says, vowels versus consonants. <laughs> Look, here in Tennessee, everything's a vowel. <laughs> hey, Vanna, give me a vowel. I'd like a vowel, please. How about uh, B? Which vo- which vowel would you like? I I'll select C. <laughs> <sighs> wow. Vowels versus vowels. Do, do you know the difference? Like vowels and consonants. Do you know what it, what name the vowels don't, in the alphabet? Stop. Do it. Can you A-E-I-O-U. name A E I O U? What do you owe me? Christ. You owe me what? Wow. Yeah. Cheese and rice. That's a um, A O K says not a a Pat Mac fan. Uh, just came back from the future. Minnesota wins the cup. This stop. Um, game day hates out west college football. Yes, it does. Mainly because it's too early for prime time. Kurt Meyer says, "I knew this would evolve into a hunting program." <laughs> well, lesson here. Is this the dagger? <laughs> you know, I'm not watching Pat McAfee on college game day. Okay, because what's the name of the boat store? Um, Carabao's or like the name of the, the big store at the mall with the guns and stuff. I, I'm, I'm, Seals. I'm not watching Pat fucking McAfee on game day <laughs> because Shields is having a sale on Ranger fishing skis. And you want me to watch Pat Mac put on a shirt. Roll Tide. Wow. What? God, what is the name of that store? Now I need to know. I can't remember. And it's on like the Dude. NASCAR. Damn it. It was on Martin Truax. Cabela's. Uh, thank you. Cabela's. Cabela's. Okay, okay, okay. Like, I'm not watching <laughs> Pat McAfee on college game day. Cabela's has a sale on 12 gauge. Okay? And don't you think I'm not picking up more orange camo too? Because Friday night, me and Pammy are going to a fish fry, and I'm wearing my camo. This is fucking America. God damn it. <laughs> wow. I, I wow. Thank okay. you, Kurt Myers, right. for the... 
Cabela's. <laughs> oh, speaking of hillbillies. Oh, my God. So we went to Boise with the Utah Grizzlies over the weekend. <coughs> Did you like Boise? You'd never been to Boise before. Yeah, Boise was fun. I'm not going to Boise. <laughs> Goddamn blue turf. Every time I go to Boise, I got to drive by that stupid supermarket of a stadium with their blue turf. <coughs> Did you like Albertson? We drove by Albertson Stadium. Did you, did you enjoy it? Yeah, I mean, it's a nice little town. Yeah, it's a nice little town. It's not a city, it's a town. Yeah, it's a town. In town. They have Jack in the Box. Yeah, man, we ate the hell out of that. <laughs> we did. We did. Um, Grizzlies lost. I hate the Steelheads. But their arena's nice, right? I mean, you yeah, enjoy Boise. Yeah, their arena was nice. Yeah, their arena's very nice. Yeah. That drive back was forever long. The drive there is okay. Like Jake was editing video the whole time because yeah. sometimes he does that. Not when he's yeah. supposed to, but when right. he wants. Like, for instance. You know. Right. It just is what he, what it is, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, yes, thank you. Um, you know, I, I think, you know. You know. The drive there was easy. The drive back was hellacious. Oh yeah, dude. God. So imagine being the Utah Grizzlies. Yeah. So the Utah Grizzlies drive, take a bus up to Boise. Okay. So, you know, on the surface, that's cool. So they get on their bus. It's a sleeper bus. Everything's great. You can take a nap on the way up. Everything's good. The heat in the bus was broken. Um. Okay. Well, why is that a problem? It's 70 degrees out. Because it was stuck in the on position. Um. <laughs> Man. You're on, a, you're on a bus for six hours essentially they didn't get they left here at well like, the problem is is you can only go like 60 in those buses so you can't do 80 that's the problem bro so they're doing six it's five hours to get there for on a bus yeah five and a half with the heat stuck on high dude, dude. so they're dehydrated when they get off the bus then they get on the bus and all the way home, nobody can sleep because it's like a hundred degrees in there. I, yeah, I don't know how they do it. This is a code ten abort. I mean, I, I have so much respect for the guys in that league because it's not an easy existence. And driving to Boise is one thing, but being stuck on a bus with the heat on high, I feel for those dudes. Yeah, I, tough. I, I, I feel for those dudes. I really do. So, yeah, anyway. It's tough is what it be but yeah i thought it was fun yeah it was, a it good was time. interesting i mean it that was a good time highlight of the drive was it my narrative about the history you know american history in the west yeah i think there was some skeet shooting mentioned and you know it was, what did yeah. we talk about um we didn't really talk about much yeah that was one of those drives where jake was half asleep the whole time and when he got tired he started like playing dj wow wow mix master jake mm-hmm and you were rolling some rap beats. Yeah, I mean it was fine. It was good, which good I appreciated. Time, yeah. You know, that was fun. Uh, Ken Williams says, uh, "What a long ride." That sucks. I agree. Um, Monty, right now describing Jordan Poirier's return leg. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, imagine he had to drive the van back too. By the way, uh, Jesse Harsh says, "Boise man, their their damn fans wear orange jerseys, aka walking traffic cones, make it a nightmare to drive through there." <laughs> <laughs> it's so true it, yeah. it look how far is too far to drive somewhere that's what my non-sports is because we got about 10 minutes here 
How far is too far to drive somewhere? I'm 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 anything telling you. Anything past eight hours. Anything eight past, hours. Yeah. Anything past eight hours. So when we so L.A. is fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Tahoe's fine. fine. Yeah. We drove to Tahoe and Mammoth last year. Phoenix, I, Phoenix to Salt Lake is thirteen, and I did it in eleven. Yeah, we know. Um, it, my point is that I just don't. I it, and I think it depends on the car you're driving. Right. I mean, right. oh, what happened to the... No, you're in the wrong section. What happened to the video of the it's right car? There. It's right there. Where? It's right there. You just scrolled by it. I don't... Jesus. What? How do you miss oh, it? Come on. <laughs> There's Jake destroying Zion National Park. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think it depends on the car. You drive a stick. I am not riding for eight hours in a stick shift. Wow. I'm flying. If if you're me, I have an Audi SQ5 that's Tiptronic automatic and stuff. Right. I I don't mind ten hours in the Audi. It's yeah, comfortable. The, well, and, I mean, yeah, it's not like the STI was made to cruise long distances. It's not the point. I love every time we bring up that car. Yeah. You rip that car. Ah, it's not. The engine's made of like Swiss cheese. It is. Damn thing falls apart. You fart in that car, and then you know. <laughs> it does. It can't does. do, and I can't do any bolt-ons. Well, you know, I'll supercharge my mom, but no, the car, hell no. Yeah, I mean, I could. Why don't but you I get rid of it then? Like, because we have other things to do. <laughs> it takes money. We're building buildings on this damn show. Okay, we are. Jesus, the you studio know, like, should be done at Maverick Center today. Damn, today. It should be done today. Yeah, it should be. We'll see. I hope. Yeah. But I can't promise you anything. Anyway, so you're saying 10 hours is as far as you're willing to drive. Yeah, 10 hours is as far as I'm willing to drive, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think, but I think the one caveat I would say to that is like if you're doing the drive alone, you can push some time, right? Like you it, you can extend Yeah, that when you and I bit. drive together, we generally are one stop, we're done. Yeah. Right? But like, like if you have dogs or kids women. or like... Okay, well, I'm not going to go that far. But, like, if you have dogs or oh, kids. Oh, are you telling me that women have the wherewithal that a man like myself, who's a finely chiseled, well-oiled machine? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, we, you, I, in a drive from Arizona, when you broke up with that chick over text, and we had to go rescue your George. That's right, T. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> I love how so, you think that's so funny, bro. This motherfucker. He breaks up with this girl over text, right? Uh, he literally texts her and is like, we're done. Bet you weren't expecting this And one. it says, we're done. Send ho. Send. <laughs> That's not what I said. <laughs> that is not what I said, dude. So They texted. He breaks up with this girl over text. And he shows up at my house the next day. And I'm like, where are all your shoes? He's like, oh, they wouldn't fit in the car. You know, I got, we got to go back. We got a road trip back. We've got to save the Jordan. He broke up with you over text message? <laughs> so we, we, we drive all the way back there. One stop. One stop. We drive all the way back there. And it is awkward. It's like speaking to Cabela's. It's like Mabel with a shotgun hiding around the corner. Right? And we're like loading all the stuff out. And um. then she showed up. It was like, and no, she left and then showed back up. What was she doing there in the first place, Jake? I don't. Yeah, right. you do. What's your recollection? Go ahead, storyteller. She was looking for one more fillet of fish. Yeah. Right. Tell on me, some, I'm wrong. Yes. Yes. Right. I want more. And Jake's like, "Yeah, I'm like, hey man, now, why don't um, you come back in ten um, minutes? Um, Actually, three minutes. No, man, like forty-five seconds. Just step outside for a minute. He's an assassin. <laughs> hey man, you know. And I'm like, dude, you can't do it. 
You cannot take one more ride around the carousel. We ain't got time for this, right? And so (laughs) he's just like "Mm," up and down the stairs because I'm not going up and down the stairs. You wouldn't even step foot in the place. No, because it's not my house and she a psycho hoe. Okay. Like you, chill, relax. She relax. was tell me she Jesus. wasn't crazy. Was she crazy? Relax. Was she crazy? Spinal. <laughs> was she crazy? On some level, yes, she was crazy. Why are you getting upset about? I'm this? not upset about it. I'm not. I'm good. You do. I'm good. Anyway, so we got in the yeah, car. Operation Save the Jordans was fine. We got everything in the car, and she's sobbing at the front door. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, dude, get in the car. <laughs> I'm like, bro, let's go. In it's... a van down by the river. Let's go. Like, just give me a minute. I'm like, dude. So he gets in the car and we're going to leave. And he's like, oh, oh, she's emotional. I'm like, yeah, I know. You broke up with her over text. You broke You're her heart. Casual. Let's leave. Don't give her time to re-rack the shotgun. And so we left. Don't give her time <laughs> to re-rack the shotgun. That's one of the craziest trips we've ever taken. Well, You breaking up with her over text, and then we have to zoom down there to save your Jordans. Which, by the way, she did do a good job of not destroying your Jordans. Yeah. Because she could have. She could have. It was fine. You know. It is what it is. Uh, let's see. Mike Phillips says, we did a road trip to Banff and I drove home in one shot. 16 hours. Goddamn, Mike. Wow. wow that's awesome. Uh, Hullabilly says, LMFAO. Uh, wow, that sounded like a fun trip, Tanner said. <clears throat> yeah. It is what it is. Uh, San Diego State says, 12 hours is too far to drive. Well, that was a 13-hour trip. That is a third. Yeah, well, that was a you know long what? drive. Ten G's and Jordans. Got to do what you got to do. You know. Tanner says, "How is Mrs. Monty doing? She's great. She had eye surgery last week. She's she's never on the show anymore. Yeah, the show's just not a priority for her. Yeah, she doesn't care what we think. Apparently, the show's over now because Jake's yeah, playing the over. music. Um, thanks to all of our friends at the Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com. Uh, make sure that you absolutely positively chat with them online if you've been in an accident look man it's not your fault you deserve to be compensated you need somebody to fight for you that's why they're called the advocates utahadvocates.com until tomorrow say goodbye jake goodbye jake